Now, in our intro story, this comes by way of Anthony from the What Do You Think About This podcast. He's been on our show before. Big thanks to him for this intro story. (laughs) This comes out of Vice and was written by Samantha Cole. Someone crashed a virtual event from the Italian Senate on Monday and streamed 3D porn featuring Final Fantasy characters in front of several politicians, academics, and one Nobel Prize winner. The video featured 3D porn of Final Fantasy VII character Tifa Lockhart getting it from behind. A few seconds of the video played before the speaker realized what was happening, and organizers started trying to remove the person streaming the video. About the results of the medical and scientific research, together with their fast and accessibility and their reliability, one speaker says, before Japanese words and moaning interrupt and the porn appears on screen. There's a person that snuck in. I apologize. If the other director please can help me kick out this person, one of the event organizers said. (laughs) Monday's event held at Palazzo Gustianian in the Italian Senate was titled For a Transparent PA, (laughs) Open Data for the Political Decision Maker. Well, that Zoom call sounds like it was a bit too open. Uh, Present were a a mix of politicians from Italy's five-star movement party, as well as physicists and academic Giorgio Parisi, who won the Nobel Prize for 2021 for physics and several other economics, sociology, information technology, communication experts, according to local news reports. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Aaron, you're kicking us off for 2022 with an absolute banger. Kind of literally, there. yeah, like, figuratively, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, Tifa getting ploughed in the Italian <laughs> Senate. Where do you what go are your with thoughts that? on this, Aaron? I have to know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why not? It's a good thing, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Look at look at it in a positive light. Like these guys go. There should to... be more porn in our poli- political <laughs> meetings. I would watch That's it. Would you watch? You know, like the House of Senates and the House of Reps. If it was, uh, you know, it had porn involved, of course you would. Like, uh, I think mm. I honestly think uh, these guys go to these, you know, uh, black suit event meetings and seminars and all of this all the time where everyone has to be on their best behavior and you know well they try to be you know this at least breaks the norm gives everyone something to laugh about puts a smile on everyone's face whilst you know lightening the mood uh you know if it, if it's not a common thing that it's happening every single meeting i don't see i don't see a problem with it at all you know it's just a laugh all right you might get offended you know whatever however long it lasted 10 seconds yeah. but you know you just roll it off as you know are some dumb kids or whatever <laughs> no, it went for 30 seconds like i've watched seconds, the yeah. clip and got 30 seconds when you have just moaning on a on a screen <laughs> in an in env- environment when it's definitely not supposed to happen feels like an eternity yeah. it is it is it is fucking hilarious i'd yeah. recommend checking it out if you're 18 plus <laughs> check out the video because it is yeah definitely not safe for work like you don't see any bits and pieces i guess, I guess you see a little bit of her ass because like the kind of angle they're going for is not mm-hmm. the most uh, revealing no nips or bits or anything like that so i guess it was a bit of a thoughtful uh porn choice if anything from this uh sneaky yeah, could have been worse person who snuck into this call and it's just it's just i don't know it's a perfect 
encap- encapsulation of, of what's been happening throughout all this, this COVID time when we've <laughs> had all these Zoom calls that have been invaded because they're being run by, you know, complete Zoomers who have no idea how to <laughs> you know, set up a private Zoom call or they call or they end up getting hacked. But yeah, now this is just good fun for everyone. There yeah. was pa- 113 people watching the call at the time, but apparently this was also televised locally. So yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a lot more people would have got their eyes on this uh, one. Good I've got to say, if you're going to pick a character from a video game, Tifa is basically already a porn star as far as she <laughs> is portrayed in Final Fantasy VII, at least in the remake anyway. So uh, I say, yeah, I'm all I'm all for this as yeah, well, Aaron. So I'm pro this happening. Yep, good choice. <laughs> Bit of a laugh. Everyone has a good time. The meeting starts. Everyone's got a smile on their face. Why not? Oh, it's definitely given me a good time. This is fucking hilarious. Cheers <laughs> to Anthony for that story. Oh, damn. All right, well, speaking of ball slapping goodness, let's get into <laughs> news and reviews, eh? to news to reviews your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week my name is zach and i am not here with my usual co-host that i am normally and with each week this week for the first week to kick off our regular episodes for 2022 we have guest co-host and just, I guess you just, you're, just, you're an official co-host really at this point, Aaron, I swear it. Aaron! Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah. Aaron, how's it going, mate? How, how have you been on this? Like, what, it's been, you were on our last episode for the year, so it's been like over four weeks since we've done yeah. a recording. How's, how's your time been in between? Then fill us in. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I kind of feel good because it, it, to me, it feels like the bookends that you need, right? Like you start the, <laughs> you end the year with me, kind of thing. You've got all this content, and then I'm there at the end of the year to go, yeah, well done, guys. You've done well. Give you all that encouragement, and then we kick it off again at the start of the year. You know, with uh, gonna be a good year. We're gonna talk talk about some funny stuff, some good stuff, some bad stuff, all of it. So it's it's great. And, That's uh, it. Yeah, Starting the year with a bang and yeah, at the end of last year, just <laughs> like in the uh, the video we referenced in our intro story, we finish with a bang as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only 30 seconds. I have no idea if we finish. But <laughs> oh, God. Uh, now, peeps out there, never fear. Lockie will be back next week. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, this is going deep back into the news to reviews lore uh, God, our first time we ever took a break, uh, Lockie had some surgery on his septum in his old in his nose, um, and yeah, he's a- apparently th- there was like a little bit of an error when they were doing that, and his slow his nose was like slightly off center or some shit. So he's just going back in uh, for them to fix it up. They're fixing it up to him at no cost, but yeah. So the recovery has still been a little bit rough for that one. So yeah, he's taken this week off but yeah we wish Lockie a speedy recovery and also (laughs) a big suck shit because holy shit he is missing a week with some of the biggest fucking news 
that could ever happen. Like, God, like, I enjoy, I enjoyed having these four weeks off. Like, I've pretty much just been, like, working and, and playing a absolute shit ton of video games and mostly just, just going for platinums, really. That's just been what I've been doing. Um, I just, oh, I just love going for platinums. And when I got all this time and I don't have to play new stuff for the podcast, it's just so nice to go back and platinum, platinum some games. And I find it incredibly therapeutic. And I also literally went to something that was actually literally therapeutic by going to therapy <laughs> and I went <laughs> a couple of times throughout the break. And that was absolutely fantastic. And I'm all, I'm, I'm already starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, anyone out there who is struggling at all, especially with the last couple of years with how COVID has been, you know, if you take away anything from this show, don't be, don't be that how great God of War is or anything like that. <laughs> the thing, the review I want you to know is therapy. <laughs> therapy yep. is what I review the highest out of anything. Uh, and yeah, if you're if you're if you're struggling at all, please please definitely. Hey, Kratos would do it, somebody. right? If Kratos needed to, he would do therapy too. You know? <laughs> oh, Kratos uh. <laughs> definitely needs some therapy. If I've ever seen a character that if has anyone that. deserves it. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> he definitely has uh, issues with uh, with with uh, uh, showing emotion. That is for sure. Yep. Um, oh god, get over that I, kind of tragedy in any other way. And I'd like to, I'd <laughs> like to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now, before we get into the news, and holy shit, have we got some news for everyone this week? Uh, I just want to remind everyone, if you can, please leave us a review wherever it is. Uh, that you listen to us. I believe Spotify now, you can rate us. So if you've listened to an episode, all you have to do is just hit on the, like, like on our podcast name and there'll be a bunch of stars there. Give us whatever stars you think that we deserve. And uh, yeah, it really does help us out. It helps us get into the ears of more people. Um, I'm so, I'm so grateful. And like, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, like podcasts, podcasts don't usually share their numbers. Um, but like, you know, we, we, we don't, don't have a ton of listeners, but we have about 40 people who tune in every single week. And I am so thankful and so fucking grateful, uh, that we have that many people who choose to listen to this utter shit that we talk every single week. I absolutely love video games and talking about them is, is what keeps me sane. I absolutely love doing it. And, and yeah, just knowing that I have 40 people out there who enjoy video games and want to hear what we have to say, it's, it's fucking fantastic. And it, yeah, if any of, any of you 40, if you were getting something out of this and you're enjoying this show, please, if you can, leave us a review either on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is you listen to it. It really does help us get into the ears of more people because yeah of course we still want to keep on growing it's it's not just 40 listeners though it's 40 friends it's 40 <laughs> it's 40 people that enjoy you know what you're talking about what you guys do there they've got commonalities with you it's 40 mates and i can tell you now i don't have 40 mates so that's uh, <laughs> that's already just an oh, achievement look, I, i've itself. made so many friends who are doing this show i'm just i'm so f- bloody thankful for it and you know having four weeks off it just as, as much as it was nice to have a break, it still just reminds me how much I love doing this. I love doing this show so bloody much. And like, oh yeah, on Spotify now as well too, they've got a new feature where uh, basically I can put a poll into the podcast episode and ask a question. And you, you 40 of you, I'd love to know 
what you think about the stuff we talk about in this show because I just love to hear different differing opinions on video games. It's uh, it's what I love to talk about. It's fantastic, and um yeah, I usually will put some kind of poll a bit related to the episode into Spotify and then ask some kind of question. And yeah, I'd love for peeps to chime in on that. I'm very curious to see what everyone out there has to say, but God, <laughs> far out. <laughs> With all that being said, we have so much news to get into. Aaron, do you think you're ready for this? I'm ready for this, man. Oh, like yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, even before we start podcasting, when it's just me, you, Lockie, uh, having a conversation, we lose ourselves. Like, we need to hit record because we can honestly just talk about <laughs> games and all sorts forever. And a lot of the times you have actually said, like, oh, save it for the podcast, save it for the podcast. Oh, yes, like, oh, absolutely, it. absolutely. It's just it's just what we love doing. Yeah, it's what we do yeah. in our spare time as well, too. Like, our, our group message we have is entirely about games, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of games, how about we get stuck Let's into the gaming news? Our first story, I've decided to just kick it off with the big one. I was I was chilling back this week being like, God, you know, it's a pretty chill week for gaming news. Um, I might message my mate Phil Spencer and see if I can get him <laughs> to make the announcement of that big news that he's been holding back for this week for when our show comes back because it'd just be a great show to kick off the year. Hell yeah. Great thing to kick off the year with. And yeah, King holy Phil. shit. Old Philly Spencer, Old Philly Cheesecake has brought the goods. Microsoft has bought Activision. Holy fucking shit. Like, it's not officially gone through yet, but, like, it's happening. It's going to happen. Holy fucking shit. Now, before we get into (laughs) what we think about this, because I'm so curious to hear what you have to say about this, Aaron, and there's just... So much to talk about with this topic. I'm, I'm just going to answer the sort of what I, what I think are going to be the biggest questions that anyone hearing this news would have on their mind. So the deal was worth $68.7 billion, <laughs> the biggest acquisition in gaming history. Uh, for a bit of reference, when Disney bought uh, uh, all of Fox's properties and their media side, which was, you know, absolutely mammoth. You know, you got yourself X-Men, The Simpsons, like so, so many properties. It's absolutely ridiculous. That was $70 billion. <laughs> So it's very, very close. Now, do I wish uh, they had forked out the extra $300 million just for the meme? Uh, yeah, I do. But, you know, it's not a perfect world. What are you going to do? Uh, the deal includes studios such as Treyarch, Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, Blizzard, Major League Gaming, that's like their eSports company, King, that's like their mobile game company, Toys for Bob, and and more. There's like more studios there that I haven't even mentioned. And there's just so many powerhouses in there. It is just ridiculous. And the deal includes IPs such as Crash Bandicoot. That's right. Microsoft now owns Sony's first ever game <laughs> mascot. <laughs> Could very well have been an Xbox exclusive. Fucking and Spyro, like that's their other t- big one, right? Oh, now, it's, it's mind blowing that that on its own. But they've also now, now will own Starcraft, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, Candy Crush, and Call of Fucking Duty, which is the best selling game every single fucking year until Rockstar decides they want to release a game. Call of Duty just keeps selling the best every year. Since Call of Duty Modern Warfare, 
the fourth title back in like oh god when was when was it like 08 09 2010 i don't i don't fucking remember since then it's just the best-selling game every year and now microsoft owns all of that uh as far as whether or not we're going to be looking at those going uh, exclusive it doesn't seem like some of them will but i guess a lot of that remains to be seen but Apparently, according to Bloomberg, Microsoft plans to keep making some of Activision's games for PlayStation consoles, but will also keep some content exclusive to Xbox. Uh, And old Philly Cheesecake had this to say, I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remained committed to that. So... I think we've got a lot to talk about there already, so we should, yeah, probably start getting stuck into it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Microsoft just buying up all of these companies and all of these IPs, Aaron? What What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, look, being a primary Xbox gamer, we had some dark years, uh, especially in the Xbox One generation, with like, you know, a, a peripheral with Kinect that you had to buy with the console, the fact it was $100 extra, the fact that they made it just for TV, uh, they didn't care about games, like, dark years. And the one thing that they took away from, uh, you know, the biggest criticisms was, where's the exclusives? It's Halo and it's Gears and that's it. And, uh, and, and PlayStation own it all. And the good thing is Microsoft are listening. Like they've heard the cries. They, they know that they're lacking in IPs. So now they pretty much monopolize the industry now kind of thing with IPs. But, um, yeah, let's start with the positives real quick then. Um, I think the biggest one that both me and you will probably agree on here, Zach, is I think it's time to clean house. Like mm. Activision, uh, one of the most terrible companies in gaming right now. Uh, they have gone through a lot. Um, Spencer actually, prior to the acquisition, has said multiple times that he's not also, he's not happy with what's going on over there, and that they're evaluating their relationship with Activision. And I guess this is the conclusion of evaluating your relationship, right? Let's get on top of them, buy them out, and then uh, we can you know sort it out from the top down. Mm. So um, so yeah. Now look, Bobby Kotick in a, a meeting with his own employees, said to them, I can tell you that my commitment to the company is to remain in my role. Once the deal closes, what I've committed to Microsoft is I'll stay as long as is necessary to ensure that we have a great integration and a great transition. So Mm. he hasn't basically said I'm... He he hasn't basically said I'm 100% going to leave. He's implying he is going to leave. Um, But it seems to be all the reporting around it seems to be that as soon as he can, he'll be taking his bag and running. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like in the transitional period, you need him. But after that, like once the deal is done, I I think that I know Phil. I've seen him, seen what that guy can do. Uh, Yeah, they're not going to put up with that. They know that there's, you know, a a harsh stigma on Activision right now that's going to hang around while that guy's sitting in that seat at the top there. I reckon it's probably the reason why it was 70 billion and not, uh, you know, a uh, hundred billion was also the fact that this has gone on in Activision. So hopefully oh, good news. I should probably mention just for people out there who don't know, aren't, aren't as familiar with games, Phil Spencer is the head of Xbox yeah. um, and Bobby Kotick is the head of Activision who, <laughs> if you listen to News to Reviews, will know <laughs> needs to be yeah, booted the fuck out of there. Yeah. And yeah, look, Aaron, I think you're, you're right. It is a It is a positive in that... It is looking like this is Bobby Kotick making his exit. That is, that seems to be 
the most likely outcome there. Whether or not that means he will be exiting completely from the games industry, I do not know. Mm. Uh, but the it, it just still leaves me feeling gross. I feel like this is probably the only way it could have happened. Yeah, I don't think the right. board was ever going to vote to kick him out or anything like that. I don't think... Yep. Take- Unfortunately, with how the world treats people of his power and wealth, I don't think he was ever really going to see any ramifications from this. But yeah, he's going to make a ton of money on this deal. He's going to like he he has stock in Activision, mm-hmm. um, so he's going to make like I think like speculation was like around three hundred million dollars or yeah, something like two hundred ninety something. You're right. If it was yeah. a fuck ton more. Um, yeah, he, he's nah. going to get away with a lot of money and not really have having to face any consequences for what what he has overseen. Like we, you know, we saw reporting come out that yeah, this this person, this this complete and utter scum human, knew about this shit going on and actively did things to cover it up whilst he was whilst he was working there. Not not to mention just in the last like like few months, he's apparently. Uh, tried to sweep under the rug the 40 people that they fired for uh, harassment, um, whereas they'll, you know, brag about when they fire 200 people uh, mm. because it, you know, it looks good uh, on their, as far as their profit margin is concerned. So, look, yeah, like that, I feel it's very bittersweet to me. It's good to see him go, but I hate to see the way he leaves. It's just, he's getting yeah. away with so much shit and not having to face any of it. But, Fuck, hopefully, like I've heard, Microsoft is a good place to work for. Hopefully, we're going to see a culture shift happen there yeah. at Activision Blizzard. And the, the the main thing that needs to happen for that to happen is Bobby Kotick to leave. So, this this could could very well be something that yeah, we're going to see. Now, look, mm-hmm. I, I, sh- I may as well just mention... Since we're on this sort of topic anyway, we end up we end up landing on it onto onto that pretty quickly. Um, there's a better ABK. They're the the group that got together to basically uh, try and fix the uh, the terrible workplace culture uh, that is going on at Activision Blizzard, and they had a statement about this whole situation with Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Uh, So in a statement on Twitter, they said the news of Activision's acquisition by Microsoft is surprising, but does not change the goals of the ABK Workers Alliance. We remain committed to fighting for workplace improvements and the rights of our employees, regardless of who is financially in control of the company. We will continue to work alongside our allies across the gaming industry to push for measurable change in an industry that desperately needs it. We called for the removal of Bobby Kotick as CEO in November for shielding abusers, and he still remains CEO as of this writing. The strike for Raven QA is in its fifth week, and our striking staff has still not received response from leadership regarding our request to negotiate. And finally, three out of four of our original collective demands to improve the conditions of women in our workforce have not been met. Whatever the leadership structure of the company, we will continue our push to end abuse in gaming and appreciate the outpouring of support we've experienced Mm -hmm. in the last year. So I I agree with all of their aims here wholeheartedly and I I really do hope Microsoft taking the reins here is going to be a step in the direction of all these things that they're... Yeah, it it won't happen straight away. Like, it takes a while to, you know, uproot someone like Bobby Mm. Kotick from the business. Um, But knowing knowing what Phil stands for, knowing what Xbox stands for, like, this is absolutely something they'll be focusing on for sure and probably part of the negotiation deals itself uh, to finally see this guy lead the business and, you know, start fresh now under new leadership that actually 
really does care about their employees and try to change the stigma that, you know, that's, that's hurt the brand of Activision Blizzard. Absolutely. So, um, now, yeah. Now, you mentioned that that was the positive, and I think that is one of the only positives that I can see about this, and uh, and one more positive mm-hmm. in that Game Pass yes. is about to get a whole lot better. Like, yep. fucking, I, I'm already moist for Game Pass. I always rave about it here on the show. It's, it's the best deal in gaming. And now it's just going to be even better. I, I don't know what Sony can do to to combat this. I don't know. I, I, I really don't. They just don't have the, the wallet that Microsoft has. They can't just buy up all these IPs to add it to some kind of streaming service. But yeah, Game Pass getting a whole lot better. Yep. That is definitely a positive in my Yeah, the, the only other positive aside from Game Pass, which I think is obvious, like that is absolutely one hell of a positive. The only other one I'm going to say is kind of what I reverted to a little bit before is uh, IPs. Like Gears and Halo, that's all that kind of Xbox was known for. Now they've got over, what, 35 new newly acquired uh, uh, development studios working on one to two games each. So you're talking three or four years from now, it's not just going to be Microsoft, uh, Halo and, and Gears. We're going to have more. Like PlayStation have, have exclusives that everybody knows is fantastic, and so did Nintendo. And it goes to show that, you know, when you've made a really good exclusive game that everybody celebrates, then you can milk that cow for many years. Mm. But it's starting to get a little old with Gears and Halo. So it's good to see that, you know, when finally they're finally listening and they're finally getting the IPs that they need to be a good competitor with their exclusives. Uh, Look, I think, yeah, good for Microsoft, but I think for the consumer, it's fucking shit. Like, I I don't like exclusives at all as far as a consumer. The the only thing I like about exclusives is because of the fact that they are exclusives is why they can exist. And what I mean by that is they don't, uh, sometimes these exclusives don't even make their money back. Their aim is to just give you these stellar titles that'll make you want to go out and buy a PlayStation or go out and buy a Nintendo Switch and that way they get you into their ecosystem and then you end up buying your Call of Duty, your Assassin's Creed, all these other games through their store so they get their 30% and that's where they make all their money back. Like even when, you know, PS5s first come out, they don't make any money on the PS5s. They actually sell them at a loss, but they get you into the ecosystem where they make their 30%. Yep. You ever buy a physical game from a store? Sony gets their 30%. You ever buy a, a, a digital game off the store? Sony gets their 30%. No matter what Sony, if a game is being sold and played on their console, they're making money. Same as mm. Nintendo as well too. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I the only, the only difference to. though, the only difference in what you've just said though, is Xbox have said multiple times that they don't care whether or not you have an Xbox or whether you have a PC or whether mm. you don't have either, because to them, their focus right now is putting everything on the cloud, everything in game pass. So if you have a PC, mm. excellent. You can still play all the exclusives then that Microsoft are going to pump out. If you don't have a PC, but you have an you have a phone that has incredible 5G, which, you know, in Australia, we're not that happy to have. But if you do, mm. great. Have Game Pass on that and Game Stream on your phone kind of thing. They've said yeah. multiple times that it's not about just coming in with a console. It's whatever you want yeah, to play. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But that, look, that, that's the only reason why I think you can justify an exclusive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, 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 
you want them in the ecosystem. That you wouldn't have yeah. got if it wasn't for the fact that it was an exclusive. If it wasn't for the the fact they're trying to attract you to their ecosystem. I mean, yeah, this is the same with Microsoft because yeah, they're getting their thirty percent if you buy it through the Microsoft Store on That's PC right. or if you go through the Xbox Store as well too. That's right. Uh, but 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 the thing with Microsoft is I don't think they see their exclusives the same way that Sony does. I don't think they. Sink the. I don't know if it's they don't sink the same kind of budgets. I'm not sure, but I just don't think Xbox exclusives. Maybe like the the one caveat of Forza Horizon. Yeah. I just don't think they're really like the premium kind of games. Like so even like Halo Infinite. It's like a good first person shooter, but it's nowhere near the level of polish and and anywhere near the level of like a, a Horizon Zero Dawn or a Ghost of Tsushima or a God of War. I don't know. It just seems like something that could have been made by like your, your Activisions or, or whatever. Yes. So look, I, look. I don't know. I think exclusivity in general isn't the greatest. I will be able to play most of these games. It looks like I'm going to want to upgrade my PC sooner rather than later <laughs> by the sounds of it because yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up in the Xbox ecosystem that I really am going to want to check out. And I guess that gets to the next, the, the biggest negative for me. Like it's 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 xbox is owning too much it's the obviously like and we said it when they bought bethesda we thought that was crazy i remember saying are they the disney now and like holy shit i think it's safe to say they are the disney now now that they still have competition yes but fuck they just own so many ips um i don't think call of duty is going to go exclusive i think the things that it's it's not they've already they're probably yeah, yeah They've already come out and said it's not. So Phil Spencer's already had conversations with the head of Sony and they've already come out saying that Call of Duty will remain on the PlayStation ecosystem as well. So COD is absolutely not going exclusive. Whatever you hear from that, you can do your research and see it. He's already tweeted that with uh, after having conversations with the executives. Yeah. It seems like the tack they're going for is like, if it was already on PlayStation, we'll leave it there. Yeah. So we'll get our Call of Duty. It's just like what they did with Minecraft when they got that. Um, but then, you know, say uh, they get toys for Bob to make a new IP, then I think that is 100% going to be exclusive, just like what they've done with Obsidian and their new uh, RPG that they're making. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think, you know, with Bethesda, like Starfield, that's going to be exclusive, but we'll probably see Skyrim, uh, or sorry, and the next Elder Scrolls come to PlayStation. I think that's a lot more likely. Don't know. Could be wrong about that as well. I'm yeah. Not sure, so but... there's a lot going around saying that that's not going to happen. But I, I hope you're right. Like I've seen, yeah. I've seen reports already saying that people from Microsoft are saying that they're building uh, Elder Scrolls Six for Xbox exclusivity. But I hope it's not true. Like I, that, that's a franchise that I feel like needs to be out there for everybody to experience. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. This 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 just has me worried. It's yeah, same as like with Disney and everything else. Everything's going through the Microsoft ecosystem now. They've just got so many IPs. It's uh, um, it's it's a it's the paradigm though. Like Zach, it's coming back to what I was saying. When 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 everyone's mm-hmm. laughing at Xbox for just having Gears and Halo, and that's it kind of thing. Going yeah, why are we going to you guys? Of course we're going to go to PlayStation and uh and Nintendo because they have all the IPs that we love that are incredible. Like mm. this is them going okay, hang on, hold my beer. Let's go and get some IPs then and sort this out. Now we have most of the IPs in the in the gaming world. And then you've got you know, and on the flip side of that, everyone's like, no wait, now you got too many. But that's but that's my point though. It's like it's Activision fucking Blizzard. Like it's not like they bought like even. 
Ubisoft would have made made more sense. Like their market cap is like under ten billion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like literally any of the others would have made more sense to me. The only acquisition that would have been any crazier than this would have been uh, uh, like if Microsoft bought Nintendo. That'd be the only thing that would shock me more than this situation here. <laughs> and and I know that, yeah, they've been laughed at before trying to buy it by Nintendo yeah, back in the and late on 90s. that Nintendo's market cap. Do you know? Do you know how much it is? How much? It's seventy billion. That's it. So, so they actually yeah. could have, you know, bought yeah. Nintendo. Yes, you're right. That could have been a possibility. And I mean, that's another reason why my, uh, Microsoft's running out there buying up things. Uh, Sony's market cap is 145 billion. That's it. 145 billion. Microsoft's market cap, 2.3 trillion dollars. They are the third biggest company on planet Earth. Yeah. Like. Yep they can do they it. They just have never-ending pockets. They could they could buy more. Like what what is to stop them now from just buying uh like Square Enix or something like that. Um, no, and that's where all the uh, I, I guess all the um speculation has gone to now. Everyone's like, "Oh, is Sony going to respond? Are they going to buy something now? What could Sony buy?" And like, you know, there's lots of speculation around like I like the idea of uh, Sony buying maybe Capcom or something from like that. From software uh, sorry, or, or yeah, yeah, or Square Enix. I think b- both of those could be kind of possible, but yeah, they just don't they they'd need to, you know, get a loan or something like that. They just don't have the cash lying around in order to do that like a mammoth company like Microsoft has. The only other thing I'll say in defense of Xbox as well, even though I'm not really defending them, I'm just kind of spotting out the diff- the positives and negatives. Uh, if this mm. was Sony, if this was Sony, would it be a different situation in regards to the exclusives? Would Sony go, yeah, we'll keep giving all the exclusives to both platform, no problems at all? Or would they say, you beauty, oh. we're taking all of these as Sony exclusives? Oh, I'd say they'd take them all as Sony exclusives just based on what they've done before. Um, you know, I guess they've st- have started releasing some stuff on PC, but even then, that's always time. They only do that like a year later at the yeah. earliest. So there's two games specifically though that I'm I'm bringing up as well. Here is uh, Final Fantasy VII remake mm. and Street Fighter. So both of those two franchises have always been on both platforms. Once Sony got the rights to Final Fantasy VII remake, you are not seeing that come out on any Xbox platform. Even the new one that's coming out, exclusive to Sony PlayStation. Street Fighter, I was a big fan of 4, waiting for 5. No, mm. 5 is exclusively Sony only, and those two franchises aren't Sony first-party IP franchises. Yeah. They are franchises they've taken and held onto, and they're not giving it back to anybody kind and, of yeah. thing. And you're absolutely right, Aaron, and that's the kind of exclusivity that I fucking hate. It's just like with... Uh, when Avengers release, how only on Sony could you get Spider-Man. So everyone else is being sold an inferior title because they're not going to get this this one extra character. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, I, I'm a fan of only a fan of exclusivity when, as I said before, games that would never have existed exist purely because they, they want to sell yeah, uh, more the, consoles. The only one I agree with you, mate. I'm glad that we're on the same page here because I agree. Exclusivities should not be a thing. It should be ubiquitous to any platform that you feel like playing on. The only one that I kind of give a little bit, only a tiny bit of credit to, though, with their exclusivities are Nintendo because they had them before anyone knew what an exclusive was. They worked on them throughout the years and tried to do their best to bring them up. It would be a lot harder for Nintendo to hand over Zelda to Sony and to Xbox, I feel, than it would be, uh, I don't know, like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, as you can see, which were IPs that have easily been given out 
It'd be a lot harder in that, like, they just really wouldn't ever want to fucking do it. But yeah. it's just, no, it's not like, it's a smart business decision. Yes, they'd be stupid to just let them all on the other platforms. That's why people even buy their fucking consoles. Of course, but would it be better for the consumer if they just did release all that? Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, yeah like, like I don't give, like, you know, they're, they're just doing what is best for them as far as business is concerned. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they really deserve a, a pass for it. Really, I was kind of of the hope, and this sounds like kind of nasty. Nintendo fans are gonna hate me for saying this, but when <laughs> during the Wii U years, when Nintendo was looking like it was going re- like fucking downhill. Uh, I, I was hoping, like, fuck it, it'd be great if they just stopped selling consoles and just started putting Zelda on and and all their IPs Become on PlayStation Sega. and Xbox. Can you imagine <laughs> fucking Zelda on like a console that isn't a fucking you know PS3 power? Something you that can do mean? 4K, you know, 60 oh, frames per second, can, can Unreal Engine, the, the wild with a <laughs> steady frame rate. Like, oh my god, it would be fucking incredible. But no, we're stuck with this underpowered. Con- like, and you know, Switch is great for playing indies and whatever. But oh my god, underpowered as fucking because Nintendo is Nintendo. But the last yeah. thing I'll say on this as well, though, is I really hope that Sony picks this up now. And what I mean by that is. Nintendo's been left in the dust for everything except for portability and their IPs. Everything mm. else is inferior on Nintendo. Everything else. Even the mm. controller's inferior. Everything is inferior. So I just hope that this doesn't happen to PlayStation because right now, you know, the consoles are pretty much on par. Yes, Xbox does have a more powerful console, but they're it's not it's not the difference isn't night and day i can tell you that it still Mm. looks incredible playing ghost of shishima on a playstation 5 Mm. um but they don't have game pass that's not a thing at the moment for playstation so they don't have anything there to offer their fans and their Mm. their um consumer uh like you were talking the other week when i was on they're now having to pay for skins on their oh well i guess actually no come to think of it Xbox don't give you that either, right? You have you can choose to buy a console that has a different, like an exclusivity console, but I guess it's not really something at retail. So, no, not so much. It's more so the the Game Pass problem, um, and not having those that that service there for them. It's oh. it's it's all of that. Like that that all adds up when you think about it. Like uh, the value proposition. Mm. Mm, no, Microsoft is definitely it's it's such a it's a massive move from them. It's a bold move. I think it's a smart move. Come on, PlayStation. Um, I, I'm 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 scared to see how it will go. Like I I, th- I think it all remains to be seen. This is the kind of move that we're going to see have effects throughout the entire gaming industry, and it's going to have an effect for a while. I think Sony's definitely going to respond in some way. I don't know how. Um, their stock did fall twenty billion dollars. Uh, but it fell by 13% and was the biggest fall since the 2008 financial crisis. So, mm-hmm. like, that, there's a ripple effect right there for you. Sony stock falling like that. And and I've already seen some people, like a friend of mine, shout out to, to Ryan. Uh, everyone go check out uh, TTV uh, Crimps. He basically will get platinum trophies and, uh, and 100% achievements in games on stream and he started off as just doing playstation and just <laughs> getting platinums and then after this news he's now been playing his uh xbox series x a whole lot more so there's a, a re- he changed the name of his stream channel it was like crimp trophies before so <laughs> good idea. Good idea. yeah already seen that like oh how's this for you like this is such big gaming news my mum 
messaged me about it <laughs> on the day. My mum me- messaged me and like, she- obviously she was completely confused about the entire situation. So she messages me and goes, big news in gaming with possible takeover of PlayStation console games with like, you know, a, a face with like a-, a freaked out looking face. And I said, what are you talking about? Um, she's like, oh, it was on the news. Microsoft were buying the rights to Tour of Duty and other PlayStation games, Tour apparently. <laughs> or have I got that wrong? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, they bought Activision Blizzard. They make games on everything. They are massive. It's the biggest purchase in video game history. So, yeah, holy fucking shit. My mum never messages me about gaming news. You know that like, the news is getting fucking ridiculous when I get a message off my mum about it and yeah like it's nuts that they're gonna own yeah. tour of duty now like that's tour of duty crazy. <laughs> that's awesome i love that did you see playstation's official response to this uh, oh i didn't know they'd made a statement yeah what did they can, say? I, can i read it to you absolutely it's, yes it's it's one sentence right this is their official response <laughs> after after the acquisition like after they announced the acquisitions going ahead you know this is what's happening yep. playstation uh one of the officials at playstation wrote we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. That's it. <laughs> then Phil tweeted back not long not long after that saying he's already had conversation with Sony and yes, Call of Duty is going to stay on there. But can we just very, very quickly, I don't want to go into it too much, Zach. I know we'll blow out the episode, but let's just dissect that for a second. Did you notice how they said Activision and not Blizzard Activision? They said we yeah. will buy by contractual agreements to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Now, the reason why that is, is because if you jump onto the Sony PlayStation store and you want to buy uh, microtransactions for Call of Duty from the, from the store, from the PlayStation store, all of that money, which turns out to be millions and millions of dollars, mm. goes to, not all of it, but a certain percentage goes directly to Sony. If... Yeah. Yeah, 30%. They get 30% of those markets. 30%, exactly, like I said before. So just think about that. That's millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, Sony shit and bricks because if if, if Microsoft said, you know what, we're calling Call of Duty exclusive, thank you very much for coming, you, do, you no longer have that, all of a sudden, those millions and millions of dollars that Sony was getting for those microtransactions just come to a screaming halt. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the one thing that they, they were really you know, strong about, uh, you know, with that, with that statement was that Activision games have to be multi-platform. Well, yeah, there you go. And, and that's such a good point, Aaron, uh, because bloody, not, not only is Tour of Duty the <laughs> best-selling game every single year, and I'm just going to call it that now, I guess, uh, <laughs> basically Activision Blizzard, and I, I talked about on the show, I can't remember what episode, some stage last year, has made most of their money from microtransactions for like the last three to four years. Like they don't make anywhere near as much money selling games now. It's been completely eclipsed by microtransactions. And yeah, they Sony want to have their fucking piece of that pie. They definitely want to yeah. be nabbing that 30% of that. And now, look, as, as we said before, it doesn't look like Tour of Duty is going to go exclusive but you know microsoft no. could if, if they wanted to they could definitely decide they wanted to do that but it's just it's so crazy like like call of duty at this point is synonymous with playstation like during the xbox 360 era call of duty all the uh all the marketing would have xbox at the end of it but once when ps4 hit and xbox one was the disaster of a launch that it was yep uh every call of duty ad at the end of it would be like play it on playstation 4 it was always playstation 4 and now 
that's never going to happen again. All that marketing is going to be point, pointing people at Xbox now, which is, mm-hmm. I think something like that is already a massive hit to Sony. Like being synonymous with a game of that magnitude that sells that much every single year is obviously going to draw a lot of people to your console. But uh, yeah, so, yes, the so I'm, I'm sure. so, so fucking curious to see what effects we're going to see happen throughout the year and throughout the industry from from this move as yeah i can't i can't state enough how big a story this was um i feel like we've we've probably missed things and stuff like that aaron i'm sure there's probably <laughs> still stuff that we could get into with this uh, I, I but I, honestly i'm i'm pulling a blank at the moment is there anything else you wanted to mention on this fucking crazy story <laughs> no like uh pretty much we have covered i mean like you said before though uh it's a 70 30 split right like 30 percent will go to uh sony when they purchase uh all the microtransaction digitally and now that 70 percent is going to go to xbox mm. so yeah it's it's one of those things uh where microsoft wanted to listen to what they're um, fans were saying which is help us we're drowning because we literally don't have a choice but to go to playstation for the exclusives um and they've done well by doing that they've actually overshot the mark i believe by by buying up bethesda and buying up uh, activision blizzard um at the end of the day you know the microsoft team are always trying to make sure that they you know respect their competitors they work with them microsoft's come back and we've even had a joke about this before i think on another podcast saying that sony isn't really their competitor um and that mm. and that phil's even said even in relation to this per buyout as well that um sony is a very important part of the gaming landscape which absolutely it is 100 percent. Mm. so they have a relationship there which means that they're gonna do right by sony as well um, and I don't think if you're a PlayStation gamer right now, I don't think you have that much to worry about except, you know, Game Pass, I guess, because that's the big one that's just a punch in the face. Other than that. Which, yeah. yeah. And in saying that, we did do a story last year saying that Sony is working on mm-hmm. some kind of what yeah, is going are. to be their Game Pass equivalent. Apparently, it's just going to be an add-on on top of PS Plus. So if you already have PS Plus, you pay an extra amount, then you have access to whatever their version of game pass is going to be maybe it's gonna be ps plus plus i don't i don't fucking know um but yeah <laughs> like plus. yeah I'm, I'm so curious to see what's gonna happen it is absolutely fascinating and uh you know what i found bloody fascinating uh thanks to the inconsolables i'm a, I'm a patron of theirs i show them my support because i absolutely love that show anyone out there who loves the inconsolables show them your support as well too just give donate to them on patreon and just check out their show it's fucking fantastic i love it that's why i have them on here all the time uh yeah they did it like a fantasy uh a, a fantasy critic uh, fantasy games critic thing i uh, forget what the fuck it's called but you know what i mean it's like basically everyone picks a bunch of games in, into their draft uh based on open oh, like a fantasy league yeah yeah like a fantasy league uh, yeah, yeah. uh based on uh what you pick uh based on open critic you'll get assigned a certain score uh and then everyone yeah is in competition with one another and one of my picks was the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which uh, which was the counter pick. So someone is betting that that game is going to do poorly. It was the counter pick of Mrs. L. So big shout out to Mrs. Lalante, who's going to be popping on the show in a few weeks' time. And uh, the reason why I'm saying all this is because Mrs. L, I'm kind of hoping now that... Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is going to be shit <laughs> because of this awful news. I've heard about it. There are reports 
uh, of employees at TT Games suffering under crunch culture whilst developing the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. Employees are all, uh, have also shared that there is a gender pay gap and two TT Studios are hostile work environments for women. Uh, the Lego Skywalker saga was supposed to be released in 2020. It was delayed to 2021. And now it's finally just announced recently it's going to be released on the 5th of April 2022. Now, so, so many people are looking forward to this. So I find this to be an incredible disappointment. Apparently, it's had a tumultuous development cycle. Uh, yeah, it's been going since, yeah, all the way back in 2017. Uh, uh, they're, they're including every single Star Wars movie. They're going right from episode one to episode nine. Uh, so it's, it was always going to be a massive game. Uh, but apparently, yeah, the development cycle hasn't been great. And now they're being crunched. Not to mention it at some, at least some of their studios is a bad place to work. If you are a woman, <sighs> Sorry, uh, there was a very long rant there, Aaron. <laughs> what do you think of uh, TT Games uh, suffering under this crunch culture and yeah, it's a toxic sort of culture too, by the sounds of it? I'm so done with like all this bad news, unfortunately, when it comes to these developers and dealing with toxic culture. Like it's, I've said it multiple times on here, and so have you and Lockie. It's shit gaming. Like it's just, mm. it's atrocious to hear every time there is any. Uh, crunch is also, you know, something that's I think a little bit more common. But also not acceptable either because the amount of work and pressure that puts on a developer's body when you're doing 80-hour weeks, 90-hour weeks to try to get out gaming is unhealthy. Uh, you know, look at Maxahiro Sakurai, for instance. The guy looks like he's dead, <laughs> but he's still alive somehow uh, after making Smash Brothers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I, I really hope... a husk. Yeah, he is. He is. He he actually looks like the Crypt Keeper. Like, he looks like he ages 80 years every time he does a Nintendo Direct. It's not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I hope that it pays off for TT Games. They are a great studio. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of fans that love the Skylander. Oh, sorry, not Skylander. What am I saying? The Lego. Skylander's Microsoft now. The, um, the <laughs> Lego, the Lego games. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, I hope it pays off and I hope they get exactly the game that they want. So uh, yeah. good luck to them. And, and look, at the end of the day, look, I, I do hope the game is good just because, you know, at, at least if they suffered, at least you know, a good game <laughs> came out of it, as, as awful as that is to say. Um, but, you know, I, I just always hope games are going to be good for the people that want to play them. Uh, you know what yep. I mean? So I, I, I hope it is good, but yeah, I just, I, I hope things change at TT Games. Like, it seems like more of this stuff is coming to light. It's, 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 anyone who's listened to the show for a while now is probably starting to figure out a bit of a pattern is emerging and that this might be an industry-wide issue that's happening yeah. at the AAA level at almost every company. Like, you yep. find, we end up finding it out at some stage or another. So, look, it's it's good that all this stuff comes to light and I feel really bad that they're suffering, um, though I hope the game does well so I can win at Fantasy Critic. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Lego games? No, I just thought it would be a good pick and I, I picked it before I saw this fucking story, obviously. <laughs> I thought it would be a good pick yeah, because yeah. I remember people really enjoying the Lego Force Awaken games. Uh, uh, yeah. game yep. uh, I believe they only did the one of them um yeah we, uh, but you know even that didn't actually review that well it's got like in the 70s but you know we'll, we'll see but yeah yeah bloody sucks but you know what doesn't bloody suck that oh, we get to kick off this year 
with my favourite segment ever to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time for Somebody's Leaking. Oh, now, this leakage comes out of Tweak Town and was written by Derek Stickland. Oh, it might have been Derek Strickland. I think I did it. <laughs> I, I, I wrote that one out. A few letters out of there. Horizon Forbiz- Forbidden West has reportedly been leaked out into the wild. Sources tell Video Games Chronicle. The build is apparently an early version that's essentially c- content complete with all of the core gameplay features and mechanics intact, but isn't entirely finalized and is missing art assets and the like. This may make it easier for Guerrilla Games and Sony to track down. Sony has responded to the leaks as any billion-dollar company protecting its IPs would by issuing DMCA, DMCA takedowns and strikes across social media. The leaked images have been scrubbed from Twitter, Imgur and even 4chan is feeling the pressure. So far, only written descriptions of the leaks have been published online and there are few screenshots circulating of the game running on a jailbroken PS4. However, those are hard to find as Sony is taking the aforementioned steps to protect its franchise. Now, there was also a new story trailer to go with uh, with uh, Horizon Forbidden West that came out recently. Now, I have not looked into these leaks and I have not watched that story trailer because I'm 100% going to play this game and buy this game and I love the first one and I do not want to spoil anything. I want to go in as blank as possible. Uh, but yeah, Aaron, it's such a huge title. Like, one of, the, God, mm. one of my favorites from the PS4, the massive sequel leaked online. The same thing happened with The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, that leaked before it came out, and it was an absolute uh, minefield <laughs> being on social media if you were looking forward to playing that game. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about Horizon Forbidden West, the entirety of the game being leaked? Yeah, that's not good. Like, mm. it's clearly not good. Um, you know, Sony has a massive marketing team that, you know, have strategies and campaigns in place for how they're going to be launching Horizon, the new Horizon game. Uh, when stuff like this happens, it just throws a massive spanner into the works for those guys. Uh, they have to really start going into crisis control and work out how they're going to, you know, change up their campaign. There's already a certain amount of spend that's been assigned to that campaign and everything, which is now, you know, uh, in jeopardy because everything that they're trying to drip feed uh, the fans of PlayStation, the fans of uh, Horizon, uh, is now being fed um, out there in the in the wild. I, I don't think it's too much to worry about because I think that when it comes to these development studios, uh, these dev discs do exist like the games do exist um and they do get out there um i don't know has that game gone gold i haven't read anything about it yet do you know if it's gone gold no i i, I haven't yeah i haven't seen that it's gone gold so like I, I i i've got this weird feeling and i think it, it always happens with games that i'm really excited for that it's going to get delayed at, like at any moment that <laughs> we're going to hear it getting pushed back to like april or something like that yeah um, and I, I was even worried we, last week for people who tuned in over the holiday break, we had all our bonus, 
uh, episodes to keep his company while we weren't doing the show. And our most recent one was our most anticipated games. Now, we recorded that all the way at the start of December. I was terrified throughout <laughs> the entire break that there was going to be like three or four delays uh, before that episode came out and would be entirely out of date. But fortunately for us, it seems like yeah, no, there wasn't a single delay of any of the games that we uh, spoke about. Um, and I don't think any have happened yet. Because, uh, yeah, we didn't speak about Talk- Stalker 2 Chernobyl, which got delayed all the way to December. Mm-hmm. That was supposed yeah, to come out right. in like April or something yep. like that. But, yeah, so, look, I guess more than anything, the reason why I bring up this story, like, obviously, it's all, I think it's always shit when these developers' hard work gets leaked online, you know, and it spoils it for everybody. Uh, but more just a PSA for people out there. I know I'd, I'd want to know because I want to avoid all the spoilers. Just be careful when you're looking around online because there very well could be spoilers. I'd, I'd say even avoid comment sections in trailer uh, uh, in trailer videos if you're watching any Horizon Forbidden West content uh, because, yeah, people will try and spoil that for you because internet trolls exist and they fucking suck. But yeah, there's if you're interested in finding out about Horizon Forbidden West stuff before it comes out, there is a lot for you to sink your teeth into <laughs> Uh, coming up like you can go got all these leaks and stuff plus all these trailers and that you've, you've got all the horizon forbidden west you could possibly want aaron are you going to uh pick up horizon forbidden west when it comes out i think it's 18th of february 18th it's of been Feb. released okay so this is kind of where <laughs> i kind of like the dynamic that we have right when it's me you and lachlan because i'm the xbox primary gamer and you're the primary playstation gamer and Lockie's kind of the primary pc gamer and we have that that awesome kind of, uh, you know, trivium there but with the three of us. Uh, but yeah, I have to say that no, I'm not going to be getting uh, the new Horizon. I, I recently have got a PlayStation and fired up uh, Horizon for the very first time to keep my mind open and see how we go. Uh, I mm. like the first few bits of it, but then I just kind of wanted more in the way of weapons and a bit more melee combat and a lot of things that it kind of wasn't delivering on in my, yeah. in my, with my expectation. Um, So unless they're going to completely overhaul that, and now we have like a full kind of, you know, platinum games kind of feeling melee combat with, you know, different weapons except for a bow, I would jump into it in a heartbeat, but I don't think it's going to go down that path. Yeah, there there is other weapons that you unlock when you get uh, like further into the game, like there's different kind of uh, different kinds of traps and stuff like that. You end up getting uh, slingshots, uh, landmines, trip mines. uh, You even unlock things that sort of like spit out like fireballs and different things that do elemental damage and stuff like that as well further on down the track. So you mm-hmm. do get a bit of that. Maybe like maybe just keep an eye on Horizon Forbidden West because it does seem like they're going to be expanding on the on the melee combat because yeah, that was okay, definitely yeah. underwhelming. It was more of like just a uh, a, a, a quick option for you if a machine got in too cl- close basically you just had the the quick attack and the strong attack with your spear um, but yeah it looks like they are going to be expanding expanding on it for this for the sequel so i'm, I'm very that's got me interested that. yeah, yeah that's no, got totally me interested. fair i know for a fact i'm going to be playing it so <laughs> i'm <laughs> oh man i'm so excited for horizon forbidden west i am so that's awesome fucking pumped but yeah so yeah if you're scared of leaks be fucking careful if you like leaks, then yeah, fucking Aloy <laughs> is leaking everywhere for you right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure bloody, that's good. Yeah. So, oh God, man, I'm so excited for all the stuff that is coming up in, in the next few weeks. There is so many 
games coming out. Like the game industry, just like me, is blowing its load comp- incredibly <laughs> early. Uh, it, it, it is, I, I'm so excited with all the stuff we have coming out January, Feb. It's, it's, it's so, oh, we've got Elden Ring coming out in February. We've got Sifu. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a massive Destiny expansion for people who are into Destiny. There's obviously Horizon Forbidden West. Next week, uh, we got Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out. Here. Well, we're having guest Matt come on by to talk about that one, who's an absolute Pokemaniac, shiny hunter, Complete nutcase. Oh yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. forward to having having him on to talk about. See, so, yeah, there's so much stuff I'm excited for coming up in the next few weeks. Having Mrs. L on the show uh, from the Inconsolables. Uh, hopefully, uh, also Sam from the Inconsolables on the show. Anthony from the Beta Network. There's so much stuff to get excited for at the start of this year. I'm super super pumped. And oh, speaking of stuff to get excited for, it's time for the games coming up. In the next week, and like you know, for this is just to get us kicked off for the January February stuff with the the stuff coming out. We've got Serious Sam Siberian Mayhem uh, coming to PC on January twenty fifth. Pokemon Legends Arceus, as I just mentioned before, is coming out January twenty eighth, so next Friday. So the yeah, god, a big Pokemon game in January. I'm so so fucking curious about that one. I yeah. I, I think it's gonna be. I, I don't see a middle ground with it. I think it's either going to be fucking... That people are going to love it. Yep. Or they're going to hate it and think it's the worst yep. thing ever made. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking curious about it. I really so am I. Uh, and then finally, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is coming out January 28th on PS5 and will be coming to PC later on down the track. So yeah, if you, if you haven't played uh, the Uncharted games on on ps4 which is yeah uncharted 4 and uh, uncharted uh, i think lost legacy uh give give them a crack they're both absolute thrill rides they're basically indiana jones movies that you play uh so much fun great characters i'd i'd recommend it to anyone aaron i don't know what what, what are you excited for that's coming up maybe anything out of next week or anything in in february that has has you on the edge of your seat like i am <laughs> no, there's not much uh, for me, unfortunately. Um, you know, I I will try Uncharted though. Like that is that is a a, a franchise that I'm actually really looking forward to exploring mm. now that I have a PlayStation. Um, mm. One that I've been starved of for a while without having a PlayStation. So I'll give that a go. Um, I'm interested in knowing what Arceus is all about. Like you said, um, I'm a Gen One Pokemon fan, so I've seen images and videos of Arceus, and it's just so damn foreign with all the Pokemon and all the upgrades and everything. But um, really can't wait to hear the episode you guys have on next week uh, with Matt around that, because that's going to be a great one to dive into. Mm. Uh, other than that, no, I don't think there's much else for me, really. Yeah. Just whatever Game Pass puts out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which Game Pass is still coming out with bangers. Like they added the, the Outer Wilds, which I decided to dabble into is really cool. Uh, but, oh, God, it, oh, when yeah. I was talking about all the February stuff, I didn't even mention this, a sequel to one of the games that I played the most on the PlayStation 4. I think, actually, I put more hours into this game than any other game on PlayStation 4, which is Dying Light 2 Stay Human is coming oh, out the right. very start yep. of February as well. The, February is yeah, just fucking completely stacked. You know, we've got Tiny Tina coming out in March, uh, Gran Turismo 7 coming out in March. There's so much to look forward mm. to. 
get fucking excited. And and you know what I'm looking forward to? Getting into the games that we're going to talk about in Impressions. How about we take a brief break? Ugh. A brief break. And then we jump back on in with <laughs> the games that we've been playing. Aaron! Well, you're our co-host, it's, but you're still our guest, really. <laughs> you're not on every single week, so technically no. still guest. <laughs> Do you want to get us kicked off? What have you been playing over our holiday break? I guess yeah, you've still been working a whole bunch, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over our podcast holiday break, what have you been playing, Aaron, yeah. my friend? Yeah, no matter how much I work, I'll always find time to get in something when it comes to gaming. Mm. At this point in time, I finished Halo Infinite and I was kind of like, well, I don't really have much else to play that's kind of new now, but I have 380 games in my back catalogue that I checked on my <laughs> digital front. So I'm like, well, we better do something about that. So um, I wanted something violent. I wanted something uh, third person. I wanted something open worldy. Okay. Um, and... Like, you don't have much choice when it comes to that, except for, I don't know, uh, God of War, I guess, um, on PlayStation, which I haven't bought yet, and I've got to still get. Would have been a great choice, um, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I should have. That, in hindsight, that's a hindsight <laughs> thing, for sure. I'm now thinking about it, I'm like, why didn't I buy God of War? Isn't it? Um, isn't it I'm pretty sure God of War is one of the ones that's included in the PlayStation Plus collection. So. Yep, which I have a membership oh, well, for, so yeah, I don't know why. You have to pay a set. You can literally <laughs> download it and play. Anyway, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we just, yeah, we just worked out how bad my decision making skills are. But um, <laughs> not yeah. at all, man. Not at all. I hope you get around to it at some point. But yeah, like, uh, sounds, thank you. Have you been enjoying what you have been playing? What What is it? Yeah. I so know. yeah, I'll, I better get to it. So what I'm playing, <laughs> what I decided on was Assassin's Creed Three Remastered. Um, that's the remastered uh, version that came out, I think, two years ago now yeah. in 2018, 19. Um, I haven't, I, I loved Assassin's Creed 3 when it came out. It actually was my favorite Assassin's Creed out of 1, 2, and 3. I, I know everyone says 2, but okay. I just love the mechanics of 3 so yeah, much. Wow. Uh, Black lucky Flag would was be, incredible. You're lucky and, he is not here. He'd be uh, reaching through Zoom and slapping yeah. you in the face right now for, for saying that. He loves 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. It's two's great with the story, and yes, Ezio's cool, and yes, Rome is cool, but the climbing mechanics are terrible. The the it was just horrible. Like they really fixed that up with the remaster. It, the remaster they fixed it up. Even three, they still had bad climbing mechanics. But before even last night, I was looking. What are the improvements? They really improved on climbing and uh, parkour, which is fantastic. Mm. They made combat more bloody as well and more gruesome. Which oh. yep. I'm happy to see that. Uh, they also kind of brought a lot more cinematics into combat too. So I think I told you before, Zach, when I was playing Syndicate, if you down three enemies when you're fighting them in Syndicate and then you go to take one of them out, it does a cinematic where Evie or Jacob takes out three enemies all at once yeah. and it looks really cool, like, Love you know, it. like a John Wick style. Yep. Yeah, so they brought that into AC3 as well. Like, where uh, you can do, like, this awesome cinematic scene where Connor just rips them apart. It's fantastic. Oh, um, okay. Which I'm really loving yeah. about that. Yeah, it's uh, unreal. So, I'm really happy with all the improvements. The game does look so much better. Uh, I'm not going to say it looks perfect. There, This game has still got its flaws, big time. Mm. Um, and one of them is, like, when Ubisoft try to remaster these old games... It just looks off when you're looking at cinematics and 
the the face structure, the eyes kind of move, but the rest of it's all like yeah. frozen still. It just looks weird. Yeah, well, it was like uh, a PlayStation <laughs> Three, Xbox Three Sixty generation. I think at that point they still really hadn't. It wasn't until late in the PS Four generation, I think, really they started to get a lot better at doing faces. Uh, they're just they're, they're, they are a, a bloody difficult thing to do because there's something that we're so familiar with and we uh, look at all the time. But yeah, it's it's so funny that you bring. Assassin's Creed 3 up of all games because I don't know what came over me last year but I felt the urge to play it for some reason it was just when there was a bit of a lull in games and I can't even remember if I ended up talking about it on the show but I was very surprised when I first booted it up how much fun I was having with it and I was like well this is a really really fun Assassin's Creed game what is the issue that everyone has with it and I, I I was didn't realize all these changes they'd made. I didn't look up the differences with the remaster. So I didn't realize yeah. they'd added an extra cin- cinematic. So I was just thinking, oh shit, I don't remember it being this good. And apparently, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the parkour, while it doesn't work as good as modern uh, no. Assassin's Creed games, uh, it, it's it's still, yeah, definitely it works very well, which I, I remember it being a lot more frustrating back in the mm-hmm. day. But I, I don't know if you've reached this point yet, but there was definitely a point that you get to in Assassin's Creed 3 where it's like, okay, we had budget, we had budget. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> and they're just like, and, and not as in a matter of like everything is, it just looks terrible at the end. More in that the story is just going at this particular pace and then all of a sudden they just rush through in the final couple of chapters. It's like, bang, the story ends. And it was just, it was just really abrupt and it just really felt rushed and like they didn't have time to do everything they yeah. want to do kind of reminds me of um if anyone watched game of thrones when that was a worldwide phenomenon <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like the, yeah. the the decisions they made at the end maybe they would have made sense uh if they hadn't just yeah. rushed the fuck out of it <laughs> and yeah it was clear that it and it shows there, but... it shows in the story you're absolutely right yeah. like it, it, i was speaking to Lockie about this the other day um and the thing about a lot of ubisoft assassins game is they start off strong and then the story just goes to hell. And unfortunately, that's that even shows through in the latest one with uh, Valhalla. Yep. Yeah, they start off strong, and then it just drops off a cliff, and you're like, what the hell? Um, yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, Assassin's Creed 3 does have that to, a t- to an extent. Mm. But the one thing I did like about the story elements is... You start the game playing as um an uh, from what you believe is an assassin. I'm not gonna I'm gonna give a bit of spoilers here. It's a game that's so old oh, by now. Yeah, I think dude, everyone should it. kind yeah, of it's, it's old, uh, play it. But you start the game playing as Hatham Kenway, who's uh Edward Kenway's grandfather. Edward Kenway's the protagonist of four. Um, <laughs> you 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 start the game playing as Hatham Kenway, this kind of British guy who's gone into Boston, and you think that this guy's gonna be your protagonist, and this is how it all works out. After, like, sequence three, when you've invested a lot of time into this, you find out he's actually a Templar. He's the enemy the whole time kind of thing. And then it switches to the actual protagonist, which is Connor, um, a Native American crossed uh, English uh, protagonist uh, throughout the rest of the game. And it goes from there. So it was great to kind of have a twist um, at the start. That, that kind of threw me off a bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's really cool. Um, but I know that I'm in for a, uh, yeah, the ending I know goes downhill and I'm not in for that, but I'm enjoying the gameplay um, and the world. It's really fun. Yeah, it, it is really fun. I think in a sense, the combat is pretty much broken because you can basically just, by countering people, you can just kill fucking you everyone. Can piles of bodies. Uh, yeah. In sight. It's, it's, <laughs> the combat is, is a bit of a mess. Yeah. 
Um, but it, yeah, I, I was surprised with how cool the, all the cinematics were. There's a good range of weapons and stuff that you have at your disposal. Um, to the point that this was so groundbreaking in the series in some aspects to the point where there is still animations, uh, particularly parkour animations that you're seeing from Assassin's Creed 3 in the most recent Assassin's Creed games. And maybe they've just gone back and changed it. But I remember at the time, like that you see the, uh, when, when Connor would like move around a tree, like there'll be two tree branches and he'll move around a tree. Uh, all in all the later Assassin's Creed games, you see that animation over and over again. So it's a, a game that had a huge effect on the series, mm-hmm. at least leading leading down the track. But yeah, I just like yeah, I can't, <laughs> I couldn't justify playing it right through to the end. And it's a shame because the setting's so cool. Like you know, the during the uh, it was uh, what was it the, the American the War for Independence yeah, right. from from Britain, which is just a fascinating time period and it's one that had hasn't really some, somewhere that modern or i guess other than assassin's creed syndicate hasn't really been uh, f- uh followed as a as a recent in this assassin's creed series so it was just a really cool setting and yeah it was a shame towards the end there but yeah yeah it's good value now as well it's a uh, it's at a budget price so uh mm. you know if if you're looking to play something that's going to be fun gameplay and you're not that concerned about a compelling story then uh, it's it's a no-brainer in that sense because it is a lot of fun. But you are right, Zach, just to kind of conclude, um, it was groundbreaking at the time in regards to some of the mechanics it brought in. It was the first game that actually brought in mechanics where you're climbing other things except buildings. So like you mentioned, trees in this one and, and the environment outdoors you can climb, which was not in a Assassin's Creed game before that. Um, and also, believe it or not, even though it was in the expansion to 3, but when you're in a bush and you're hiding, and you're waiting to kill someone, whistling to bring them over, that wasn't in a game, in an Assassin's Creed game, up until the DLC of 3. So that's a mechanic that obviously continued all the way through as well, um, which they brought in, which was really cool. But great game. I fucking love the rope dart mechanic, where you can be Mm. uh, on the branch of a tree and throw the rope dart at someone and fucking literally hang Hang the enemy soldiers from the branch. It is brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. And yeah, and and yeah, fucking cool. It's all, and also that was fun to use in combat as well too, because you could pull soldiers towards you and take them out and whatnot. Um, yeah, there was some yeah really cool ideas in Assassin's Creed Three. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd recommend checking it out, particularly if you're a a big fan of Assassin's Creed as a series. I think there's just it's just really interesting to see part of the Assassin's Creed sort of series. It's um, one of the good yeah, ones. It a- it's the last one with Desmond. Yeah. It kind of finishes the arc. The, that that was started in three as well. That's right. Yeah. Um. So it's good in that aspect that it's a good kind of finale for the original trilogy. Yeah. There you go. Oh, well, speaking of Ubisoft games, just like last year when we had our our, our four week break, I once again decided to dig on in to doing a bunch of platinums. I've now hit f- over fifty platinums. I hit fifty platinums right before the end of the year. Uh, and now I'm at, I think, about 53. So, yeah, I've been going <laughs> going a little bit crazy with the Platinum Trophies as of yet. But, I don't know, as I said at the start of the episode, I find it incredibly therapeutic to grind out these Platinums. And, and it's a lot of fun. And I've been, uh, I decided to, any, anyone out there, uh, check out our News to Reviews Instagram and Twitter and Facebook because I've been posting sort of a, a little bit about my platinum journey. I decided because I hit 50 platinums, I may as well just go through from start to finish and talk a little bit 
about all those Platinums and I sort of give the game a bit of a mini review there as well too and then talk about a bit about you know how, how hard it is as a Platinum to achieve if you are a Platinum hunter and you do want to try and get these. But um, yeah, so check out all the news to review socials for a bit of that. But yeah, buddy, the first of the Platinums and the one that, uh, that I want to talk about, the one that got me over the line to number 50 was Far Cry 6. Now, I had a lot of negative stuff to say <laughs> about Far Cry 6, but the one big negative I did not have was in the gameplay. Yeah. It was classic Far Cry. In this, you probably had more weapons and, and interesting shit to play around with uh, and vehicles than any other Far Cry, and, and that's all I needed for me to decide to want to do the Platinum for Far Cry 6. There were some frustrations there. Now, one of the trophies is that you have to uh, take out uh, an insurgent leader, uh, three insurgency leaders. And the way you have to do that is basically when you finish the game, rather than be able to reset enemy bases like you could do in previous Far Cry games, basically one region each week will get taken over by insurgencies. And when you take over all those bases and all those checkpoints, then you can take on the insurgency leader. Or you also have to do one of the, um, like there's like these weird sort of separate story style missions that they, they have in this that you can play together with someone else. And you have to do all that and then you can take on the leader. But, but once you do that, you then have to wait seven days before you can take on the next one. So if you want to take on the Platinum for Far Cry 3, you have to finish, uh, Far Cry 6, you have to finish the game and then you're potentially going to be waiting three weeks in order to be able to get the Platinum uh, if you want to be able to to achieve that. Um, Shout out to Hunter for helping me grab the Platinum on this one because you do have to take over an enemy base with a co-op partner. So he, uh, oh, thanks to you, Aaron, managed to get his hands on a copy of Far Cry 6. And um, yeah, we, we we smashed that one out. I'd managed to get all the other ones out of the road. And yeah, got the Platinum now for Far Cry 6. Now it took me, I believe it was like, it might have even been over 100 hours. It was a long time. I'd have to double check. But it was it was well over 70 hours. I know that. It was a, it was a long Platinum. There's a lot of stuff that you can do in Far Cry. And then not to mention having to wait all those weeks and weeks but yeah i won't talk about far cry anymore because obviously you guys know our thoughts on far cry go back and listen to those episodes of news to reviews i can't remember the title of those right now but the next platinum in my platinum journey was middle earth shadow of war aaron are you you familiar with this hands down hands down is in my top three favorite third person combat games like adore that game so shadow of war not the previous one shadow no definitely war because war expanded a little bit more on the environments it kind of gave you a little bit of difference Mm. like shadow of war everywhere felt like mortal everything looked the same but war kind of in Gave you some different things to look at, different places to go. Really dived more into the Lord of the Rings lore as well than what War did. Yeah. Uh, gave you beasts to ride. Um, gave you a bigger RPG mechanic system as well with weaponry and skill trees. Yeah, so much better. Loved it. Happy to hear you got on yeah. that. Oh, absolutely, man. It, I do not know what made me pick it up, and I do not know what made me decide to platinum it. I, I was just looking through my playlist i was working on the platinum for um i think uh, i I got a platinum for um batman 
the enemy within. It oh, was yeah. the Telltale series. Basically, you just have to complete the uh, story in order to get the platinum for that one. So it's a nice, easy one. But they're actually really fun uh, and interesting uh, Telltale games. But, you know, you don't always feel like sitting down and basically playing an interactive story. So I was just looking through thinking, what's something that'd be fun? I can sort of turn my brain off. And I saw it was like a PS Plus game a while ago. Shadow of War. I'd also heard, um, for people who weren't following the industry back in 2017 when Shadow of War was released, basically that was at a time when loot boxes were the purge of the industry and were pissing everyone off because yes they are gambling mechanics like i believe we we did talk about it a bit on the show when news to reviews first started up but thankfully it is not quite as much of an issue nowadays only if you're into sports games you're going to be finding loot boxes in the in the forms of card packs um but yeah basically there was big backlash with shadow of war because basically they'd art they'd, they'd included this end game in it which you don't officially complete the story without finishing act four the end game and it was a massive grind and it was very much geared towards getting you to purchase loot boxes so you could get better orcs and complete the main story. So people who were fans of the first one, like me as well too, were, were furious uh, because I, I, I played it at launch. I was really excited for it because I, I really loved the first one. It was the first PS4 title. Shadow of Mordor was the first sort of title that I was like, oh, this feels like a next-gen game. Um, it's got this really interesting nemesis system. And then Shadow of War was all that and more. Like the story... Oh God, the story is just complete and utter trash. It is not... I, I did not find it interesting at all. Um, I've, I have found some of the lore stuff interesting. The Shadow of Lordor aspect is good. Um, but yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I, the story itself, I do not give a fuck about the character you're playing as. I can't even remember what it, I think... Is it Italian or is that... Italian. So it, are you talking about uh, the main narrative for the first game or the second game? Which one? Oh, or both? Oh, both. both. The first okay. I could at least sort of make sense of, but it finished really abruptly. But the second one was just... Yeah, I, I put it this way, on replaying it, I did not listen to a single cutscene. I skipped every single one that would allow me to i do agree with you like shadow of mordor had a it was its story was okay it was passable like you know if it ran through qa testing it'd be like yeah okay it's kind of all right like that that's fine let's go with that like i did kind of believe in what i was doing but i wasn't you know super compelled but you're right in shadow of war it's like why are we doing this again why do you give away the ring why are we doing this to begin with i forgot (laughs) like yeah yeah and basically, um, I, I'd heard later on down the track, it was like about a year after or so, the game suffered a lot because of all this backlash. They, The developers decided to basically just patch it out. <laughs> They're like, we're just going to patch out the grind, which is funny because it meant two things. Like, one, that it shouldn't have been there in and the they first knew place. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and two, yeah, they, they basically admitting that they lied, <laughs> that <laughs> they, that they put it in there cause they thought it would make the game rewarding or whatever. They, they defended it tooth and nail at the time. And so, Monolith yeah. are such a great studio as well. Like they have so many incredible games under their belt, like especially the fear series, which just unbelievably good. Um, and now Absolutely. they're, and now they're working on Wonder Woman. Um, and that will be the next one from them as well. I thought uh, Wonder, Warner Brothers Montreal, the next one, was uh, Gotham Knights. No, no, no. So, Monolith. 
are the developers for uh, oh, God of uh, yeah, Monolith? The developer, the, yeah. the publisher is Warner Brothers. Owned by Warner Brothers yeah, the publisher well, yeah, is Warner Brothers. That's right. It's yeah, a Warner sorry, Brothers yeah. title for sure. But the developers yeah. Monolith, and they're doing um, Wonder Woman next. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, th- th- look, that definitely gets me excited that they're doing Wonder Woman. Um, I don't think the Nemesis system would work in Wonder Woman. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Uh, but that was the thing I liked about Shadow of War. They really dove into the Nemesis system. I think the story was almost more of a way to introduce you to all the different aspects and everything you could do within the Nemesis system to get you to do those sieges and all that. And they they do some really impressive stuff, especially for 2017. Like when you when you do a siege, you feel the scale of that battle. There is. Uh, you know, like it, it, depending on how upgraded the fortresses are and how upgraded your your attacking forces, you could have drakes f- flying above, the shoot raining down fire from from above. You could have catapults shooting fireballs. You could have suicide bombers, suicide bomber orcs running in to blow up the gates. It, you, you have so much stuff going on, and it's really really impressive. They managed to what they managed to pull off. Did you on the did PS4. you like the, visually? Um... It is not the most striking game. But the amount of stuff they have going on on the screen is ridiculous, and each yeah. of the four areas are pretty massive. They are. So, sorry, Aaron. No, I was just going to say, did you like the um the intros with all the orcs and the nemesis system where once you die, they yep. you know say something quippy and the camera zooms in on them? Yep. So yep, that w- absolutely love it. Yeah, the, the nemesis system, especially when you're doing the platinum, because you have to. It's it's pretty much all nemesis when you get to that end game. Uh, it, it is it is great. Like you know, obviously. Depending on what happens in your interactions with the different orc leaders, you're going to get different mm. voice lines coming back from those orcs, and you can have a history uh, with that orc. So that can be something like, uh, say, you have an interaction with an orc leader, and you set them on fire, and they're f- they're afraid of fire, and they run away. Uh, and they manage to get away from you. Next time you encounter them, they'll usually say, "You burned me last time, yeah, and I ran away. But this time, I'm back, and I'm ready to fight you." So they'll they'll comment on the history of what's happened. And if you have multiple interactions with that orc, they'll comment on those multiple interactions. Or if one of them manages to kill you, they'll comment on that. They they always do. And each each orc, it's obviously all RNG, but they all have these different, unique personalities. And there's so much variance there. You won't see a ton of repetition throughout playing this game. I think I only ever got in. It took me about thirty something hours mm-hmm. to get the platinum, and I think in that entire time, I only ever got two of the the singing orcs with the lute. Uh, so yeah. there's one orc that just rocks up and will always the sing bard, like a little ditty the at the start, orcs, rather yeah. than just attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. I'm pretty sure I made one a, a warlord <laughs> at some point. Uh, it's it's yeah, it, it is really a cool game, and it's really a shame they fucked it with the loot boxing that that happened. And if you people out there are looking to do platinum, there's not a, nowhere near as much of a grind anymore. Sta- the the stage uh, uh, chapter four or act four, sorry, uh, used to be nine stages and about 25 uh, siege defense battles and if you lose a siege then the the uh, computer takes over your fortress and then you have to take it back again before you can continue to do d- d- the defensive missions so it could potentially take you a fucking lot of time in order to get that part of it done but for me like i didn't even realize they'd cut it that much i finished stage three and then the trophy popped and i'm like oh okay i guess they've just (laughs) that's where they've decided to uh cut it off here now but yeah it goes to show how much of a grind it would have been in the first place if you're looking just to turn off your brain with just some really honestly insanely brutal combat 
Uh, you're chopping off orc heads and limbs left, right, and center. Some of the most forgiving stealth you've ever seen. It makes us. It would make Assassin's Creed <laughs> look like Metal Gear Solid. The the stealth is so forgiving in this. Like you'll just you know take out several orcs with uh with uh stealth attacks before they'll even know what the fuck is happening. You have so many interesting powers to play around with. I always love games where. Basically, it's not. You will find an enemies challenging, but they're a, they're a power fantasy. The game, you know, you're you're attacking them with far more power than what they're attacking you with. They're just trying to win you over with sheer numbers, and you know things like God of War nail it. You feel like a fucking superhero, and yeah, you feel like the unstoppable undead when you're playing Middle Earth: Shadow of War. Just don't expect a single damn thing out of the story. It is a nah. complete waste of your time to pay attention. There is some interesting lore stuff there. I found some of the stuff you unlock through, you know, collectibles and whatever. It had some interesting lore stuff. Like, I want to know more. I found myself wanting to know more about how Sauron came to power. Like, they kind of show you, in a sense, throughout this game. It kind of is like a prequel to the Lord of the Rings uh, movies that people would know and love. Not that these are tied in with the movies. I think it's actually tied to the books, but they definitely get a lot of uh, imagery from the movies. So I think people who do love the lore will get their, their war of Lord or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was, a, it ended up being a really chill one to platinum and I'm, I'm glad I did. It was still like, yeah, 30 something hours. So it was still a bit of a grind and it was a bit of a mission, but fuck, I had a podcast going or a YouTube video that entire time and it was fucking relaxing as fuck and I absolutely loved it. Uh, have you been absolutely loving the next game that you want to talk about? Aaron? Yeah, I, I, I'll absolutely dive into that in a sec. Last thing I just want to say though quickly on Shadow of Mordor is um, oh, shout yeah. out to the devs though because they wor- they previously worked on some uh, wrestling games. I can't tell you exactly which ones. But the WWF stuff... Simpsons Wrestling. Oh, that would be awesome if it was, but I don't know. The <laughs> thing about a lot of wrestling games is, right, uh, when the wrestlers come out, it's always a spectacle. Like, you know, it's slow motion, they're walking around and everything. That's where they got the idea to do the same thing with orcs when it comes to the Nemesis system. And they just transitioned that so perfectly. Uh, yeah. They really it's- got use out of it. Yeah, I I, sh- I should mention. Sorry to interrupt, Aaron. Mm-hmm. That yeah, look, I, I I did love that, and I love how they have all the different interactions. Blah 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 blah. But but when you finish, at least like the the, the initial story, or get to Act Four, it'd be really nice if they'd give you the ability skip to it. skip yeah. it. Because you'll get into some situations where you'll have like three orcs ambush you, and you'll have to watch the the fucking yeah. uh, animation and the the voice line for every too. single one. Yeah. And then when you either defeat them or they run away, you'll have to watch the voice line for every yeah. single one. If you're doing like a siege or you're having your your own fortress being sieged, then you will see so many of those yeah. animations because you have so many captains running around. And yeah, eventually you're just like, yeah, fuck, I just want to get back to playing it. Can I just fucking skip this? This is very annoying. Uh, yeah, but okay. look, but look, for the most part, it is a net net positive. It's really cool, but it would have been nice to have the option to skip. Oh, and another really fucking annoying thing they do is for some reason, the way you access the army from the map, you don't just press a button. You have to hold in R2 so it zooms, and then it will the, the, the cursor will move all the way across the map over to the fortress, and then it will go into the fortress and bring up the army. So, and the cursor speed is like quite slow. So it's like, it's only a few seconds, but say you want to, op- you're, you're from there, like after you've been opening up the army a million times, which you're constantly doing mm. in this game, because it's so, 
it's so much about the nemesis nemesis system it's like the main feature of the entire game it was just a really weird design choice that you just wouldn't see happening in 2022 that's for sure it's definitely (laughs) starting to show its age a little bit there but yeah yeah sorry you just reminded me of that stuff no that's right and and valid points valid points man you've you've sent me some photos of the thing that you've been playing around with yeah (laughs) <laughs> that this that sounds very sus. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that engorged thing you've been playing with. What is <laughs> what is it, Aaron? For our yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not our um uh, intro story here at all. It's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing to do with that. Um. Oh, yeah. So I'm a gamer of all types. Uh, I'm an old gamer. Like uh, I grew up, you know, on car trips. You know, uh, with a Game Boy in my hand, playing Game Boy games, mm. and you know, I loved it, especially when Game Boy Color came out, and I was 12 years old, and I was so excited to see some color in there. Um, that I really kind of wanted to play these old games again, but I don't really want to play it on a screen that's, you know, uh, super tiny these days. It's like, you know, five centimeters by five centimeters. It just looks silly. I have a nice big 85 inch TV. So what I decided to do was buy the Hyperkin Retron Square. It's called Hyperkin Retron Square. It is a tiny cube. It's just a small cube that has a little slot at the top and you put your Game Boy game into the into the top. You press a little button on mm. it. It's got a HDMI that goes into your TV and instantly it's got your Game Boy game on, on the big screen kind of thing. And you're playing it just like it's a console, uh, uh, you know, a, a TV set box console instead of a handheld um, game that it's designed for. Loving it. Absolutely amazing to see, you know, a screen that's meant to be around 10, ce- like images that are meant to be 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters on a massive 85 inch 4K TV. It just looks unbelievably unbelievable. And yeah, I'm having fun playing Pokemon Blue on that at the moment, which I'm just absolutely loving. So, um, fucking yeah. A, it's so cool. And, the, and it's pretty magical that they managed to do that and have it not look like just absolute Dog shit, shit yeah. when it goes up onto a massive yep. screen. Like you said, you, you sent us yeah some photos of it and it looks really crisp. Like you can really, like those pixels are giant, yep. <laughs> but like the, at least those, the pixels themselves look quite crisp. It's very cool. Yeah. It's like, it's not blurry or anything like that. Like it's, it's, mm. yeah, it's HD. So the, yeah, it, it is pixels, but it's like a solid pixel. It's not a blur pixel pixel where there's no kind of yeah. edges that look blurry or anything like that the sound comes across you know perfectly for for back in the day uh very cheap as well it's uh it only cost me about 80 australian dollars to buy one of these oh, um online yeah. um and yeah it's just a great little console that i have now meant for game boys and it plays advanced game boy advanced game boy colors and original game boy games Bloody a lot of fun. and the, th- the thing that you mentioned in our chat which blew my mind is that you still could access your old save file from Pokemon Blue back in the day. That's fucking awesome. I thought that would have been well dead by now. Like, it yeah. must be on its last legs, that battery, because it hasn't been changed. It's a game from 1998. They're only supposed to last around 15 years, I believe, uh, is what Nintendo uh, had the battery yeah. life at. So this one's yeah. kicked on a lot longer than that. So it's amazing. So cool. And yeah, how, how have you been enjoying playing through these old, old old games or Pokemon Blue specifically? Yeah, it's it's an acquired taste, right? Because the mm. gameplay and everything is, you know, 20 odd years old now. And we're so attuned to, you know, sharper controls and more movement and all of mm. that. Like I've been playing a lot of retro games lately, like the old Zelda games and stuff, just because I'm okay to put my expectations back. Uh, when it comes to, yeah. you know, uh, controls and, and the movement and everything, I'm okay to jump back into, 
you know, the, the child me and be wowed again kind of thing. So yeah, to people that appreciate the old, it's incredible. For people that only know PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and that's all you know when it's and gaming, you gotta hate it. Yeah, even between Pokemon Blue and Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver, there are a bunch of improvements right oh, yeah. there. Like the amount of colors they would have on screen, the different animations for the different Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like like God, some of the some of the character models, some of the for the Pokemon were fucking atrocious back in the old days. Oh but yeah, definitely. But yeah, like it's all it's all interesting to see, isn't it? Like it's 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 that nostalgia. Like yeah. you forgive. All that stuff, and it's so, so, so bloody nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Got a, anything else to say on uh, Pokemon Blue? Yeah, no, Blue was great. I still do have two other games I've played on there, but I don't want to talk about them too much because one just looked like ass. One was uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1992, and I fired that up. I'm going to have oh, to show okay. you a photo, Zach. You're going to laugh. I fired that up, and God, that <laughs> just looks horrendously bad. Uh, you can't tell which character you're selecting. The Look. gameplay is even worse. It is that one does not hold up whatsoever. Wow. Uh, and the other one I had was Mario Tennis, which actually really does hold yeah. up. That's just as good as Pokemon Blue. Oh, I, did, I didn't realize because Mario Tennis Aces is definitely not like an RPG no. style game. So when they did one for Game Boy, they went more of a like yeah, yeah. An RPG style. For yeah, you, you play as a protagonist cool. girl or guy, whichever one you want to pick, and then you go through this tennis academy kind of thing, and you have to play like all these different people that are above you in the beginner in the intermediate in the advanced you kind of gain more skills as you go as well you get to level up and decide how you want to spend your skills do you want a better forehand shot do you want a better backhand shot they they did all that back in 1999 i think it was when that came out on game boy which um which keeps you really interested it's not just you know uh match versus luigi and mario and that's the end of that it's there's so much more there for you as a single player gamer Okay, cool. Far out. So, would, like, would you recommend this device? I've already forgotten what the fucking name of it was. Yeah. To to <laughs> to people. Retron Square. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, if you're if you're an older gamer and you really want to experience Game Boy, there's a good chance you don't want to buy a Game Boy and pick it up and play it on that little thing and you know experience from there. There's a good chance that you've got a great setup at mm. home uh, with your TV and everything. So yeah, if you really want to experience Game Boy at its best, remember to hold on to that nostalgia and remember what it was like back then. Couldn't recommend it more for the price. Like now I would never ever recommend doing this because it's illegal and you shouldn't do it. But can (laughs) this thing play ROMs? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it, it is an emulator of sorts. You do okay. actually have to have the disc, the, the cartridge in to play it. However, I think what you might be referring to, which I'm actually going to do, I'll tell you now, is the Game Boy EverDrive is a thing, okay. which is like a Game Boy shell. It's a cartridge yeah. um, that has an SD card that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And you can load every single Game Boy game ever made onto it. And then when you put it into the console and you power it up, you just have pages of Game Boy games to choose from. And the moment you hit one, it just comes up and you're playing that Game Boy game kind of thing. Yeah, uh, not so that it's... we'd ever encourage this, uh, people <laughs> listening, and, and if anyone <laughs> working at Nintendo somehow manages to hear this, this uh, is something that no one should purchase. It is, it is, it is. well, I, I think it's probably illegal to, to own it, but it's probably just illegal to download ROMs and put it onto No, that, that's SDs. it. You, you can own it. Like, the, the legal, the illegal side of it comes from downloading ROMs. The, so, do, do you, you have it, to though. download the ROMs yourself and put it onto an SD and... and 
put it onto there. Okay, so I guess you'd have to be concerned about making sure you have the right ROMs that are compatible and stuff like that. But yeah, potentially, VPN. Uh, if anyone did do the illegal thing, which we would never recommend, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> that'd be so fucking cool. I've got an I've got an EverDrive uh, right now for sit Nintendo sixty four and Lockie's brother, who's uh, one of my best friends, came over the other week, uh, actually Friday. Yeah. And we fired up uh, the 64 like we do being 35-year-old gamers. Uh, it's the best thing to play on a Friday night. Yep. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we played off the EverDrive. So it's just a cartridge that sits in the Nintendo 64. I went through about eight pages until I found StarCraft 64. Mm. And we loaded it directly up from that. In, and, yeah, it runs exactly like StarCraft would on a console. Yeah. Except I don't have to spend $500 to buy the game. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, it's really <sighs> good. Bloody oath, man. Well, you know what? If this had been any other week, like if it was like Lockie on with a different guest, I would have won out as far as who's played the oldest game title. <laughs> because when I, after doing these couple of Platinums, I was, I was speaking to my friend Ryan and he recommended to me doing the Platinum for a title known as Jack and Daxter. Now, Jack and Daxter was a PlayStation 2 title which, uh, oh God, I think by now, I guess this is like a retro game. Some people yeah, it might is. Find oh, it's definitely fucking... retro, PlayStation 2. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Some people might find that weird to hear that as retro. I've heard, um, I've heard people referring to Xbox 360 and PS3 games as, <laughs> as oh, retro. I don't want to say that yet. <laughs> yeah, de- <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but yeah, Jack and Daxter was released all the way back. Oh God, when was it? Sorry, I've tried to have this one. It's got to be like 99 or 2000. It's got to be around that time, I think, right? It was 2001, 2001. when Jack and Daxter okay. came out. I think this was their, fir- their first title uh, Naughty Dog released on the PlayStation 2. Naughty Dog would be better known now for games like Uncharted and The Last of Us. But yeah, back on the PlayStation 1, PS2 era, they made these mascot platformer games like Crash Bandicoot and yeah, Jack and Daxter. And Jack and Daxter... It's a very interesting title because you can very much see their their Crash Bandicoot influence going over there, but the going into it, but then sort of the areas in which they wanted to to sort of expand on all those ideas. So it's still a platformer where you're still collecting things and going through through these worlds, but it's it kind of it's a bit more like Banjo Kazooie where you'll come across interesting characters and you'll have to solve like some kind of task for them. Mm-hmm. So they really they got a bit of elements of that there. Um, it kind of holds up in the looks department for today. Like obviously, you know, it still looks like a PS2 game, but the I, I I like the art style. All the different areas you go to are all very distinct and very colourful and have their own sort of uh, image to them. And there's almost no loading in it whatsoever as well too you can move from one end of jack and daxter right through the entire world and you will not see a loading screen now if you decide to warp from one place to another then yes you will see a loading screen oh there is a couple of areas you can go to where you got to take some kind of um like there's like a boat you got to get out to misty isles that that's technically a loading screen though they kind of play it off as just a cinematic uh, but yeah, like for people wanting to do like a chill platinum, it's just you got to collect everything. There was not like there was a few things that I had to do that that took a few turns in total to get finished. Uh, but yeah, it's just for me, oh, it was never 
it's not my most favorite game in the Jack and, and Daxter series uh, for out of all the all the Jack games. It's 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 probably my least favorite if I'm being honest. Uh, but it's still a Naughty Dog game, so it's very well polished. The platforming is really tight, and it's it's fun to explore and 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 really cool. And for someone like me who just loves this this series, it was just complete nostalgia fuel, and and I absolutely loved it. Now. It's a fucking terrible port, <laughs> which is really disappointing. Um, the frame rate is not great. Yeah. It seems like maybe it's at, it's running at 30 frames per second, but you see dips all the time. And it's a fucking PS2 game, and I'm playing this on a PlayStation 5. Now, it is a PS4 port, but it's still, yeah. even on a PS4, it should should be running perfectly. Like, I, I didn't even, you know, I'm not even asking for a remaster, you know, I'm not asking for anything like that. I just want to play the old game. And may, look, maybe back on the PS2, it had frame drops and had issues <laughs> like that. But like, fucking hell, we're playing it on modern hardware. We shouldn't be seeing any of this but yeah i don't know just it's nostalgia it's fun it was a fun platinum i think i got it done in about it was like six or seven hours something like that collect two thousand precursor orbs and 102 power cells uh but yeah a bit of a fun trip down memory lane but definitely not a good port and definitely not something i'd recommend if you weren't a fan of the series i guess kind of like any old game hey like you would never recommend pokemon blue to like it to no. like a modern gamer today they'd be like well, what the fuck is it it's a niche it's a niche market of gamers that will appreciate the old and uh you know would would get some enjoyment out of it like i said to you before if you only own a playstation 5 and you only mm. own a series x and that's all you know about gaming and that's where your yep. standards are they would hate to go back to a game like jack and datsa i'd say or a game like pokemon red oh. that would just be horrible yeah. I, I loved it It was an absolute pleasure to platinum and it's like one of those ones because it was a game that meant a lot to me it's nice to have that trophy there sitting in the old platinum trophy yeah it's very awesome cool. yeah that's a franchise that i think sony should really go all in oh, at the moment like they've got some great exclusives but jack and daxter hasn't seen like anything you know in the last two or three years that have just been on the same level as ratchet and clank anyway kind of thing uh so i think naughty dog should absolutely uh dig that one up and give us something new man well basically once after this i was i was feeling it i was like oh yep okay i i need me some more jack and daxter so i moved on to what is my favorite title in the series which is jack Two renegade now oh my god holy fucking shit now a title that a title that released right before jack and daxter came out it's a a fucking title that changed the gaming industry known as grand theft auto 3 this was the first open world game the first one and the one that popularized it for the modern day it is what turned rockstar into the developer that makes the the genre defining open world games it 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 is it was huge and obviously the people over at naughty dog thought so as well too because jack 2 renegade definitely takes a lot of cues from grand theft auto now jack 2 is such an improvement on the first game it is fucking amazing basically what they did jack Jack and Daxter was based sort of like in this sort of ancient kind of world and the tone felt a lot more kind of like Crash Bandicoot, you know, Jungle Island, uh, that kind of time period as well too. Uh, Whereas Jack 2, uh, there's a portal you discover at the end of Jack and Daxter, um, which by the way, (laughs) 
<laughs> if you bother to get all the power cells uh, in Jack and Daxter, you get the most underwhelming cinematic at the very end of it. Basically, the uh, portal just <laughs> opens up and they all just look at it and go, ooh, and then that's it. <laughs> it's the biggest waste of time. Uh, but it, they pay it off in Jack 2 because they go through that portal. Turns out it's a portal to the fucking future immediately when you get there jack gets arrested taken in by the baron who is the evil basically kind of mayor but you know he's the baron of this of this society that is uh, the, this futuristic society where they got hover cars and all things like that it's very dystopian though uh, and starts experimenting on Jack, and he experiments on Jack for two years with Dark Eco, which was this uh, dark substance from the previous game, and turns Jack into basically like a skinny Hulk. <laughs> Whenever Jack has enough Dark Eco, he can at least unleash Dark Jack, who has like oh, these, yeah. these longer claws. It kind of reminds me of um, of getting about in in Prototype, the uh, PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty games. That that kind of combat sort of emerges when when Dark Jack comes out. And it, it was just such an interesting title with an interesting world and fantastic characters. I I love it, and and what an improvement on the first title and and. and, and the Grand Theft Auto sort of uh, uh, inspiration definitely comes from the fact that this is now an open world game, whereas a previous one was separate levels, though you could move between them almost with no loading. Uh, whereas, yeah, this is just a, a city with uh, sort of like all these different biomes uh, within it that you can explore. And now it's a very very old open world so the, the the open world is very much dress setting and just something that you drive past almost to to get to where your next mission <laughs> is the npcs are just like there's three different character models with just different color hair and different color clothes they're wearing like there's it's an old game it's like 2002 2003 something like that uh, but oh my god, what an improvement on the first! It just has so much in it. You get a fucking hoverboard. <laughs> uh, there's like these hover races as well too, where you're on these like speeder bike things, like something from fucking Star Wars. Uh, there's like these outskirts area. Oh, there's these metalheads, these new enemies, which are like these weird fucking alien-looking uh, bug-like creatures with these massive bulbous metal in their head that glows in the dark and fucking. It's it's just there's so much to it. And so many improvements, and it's crazy to see the kind of direction they took the sequel in. I don't think we've really ever seen a series switch it up as much as what the Jack series did with, between Jack 1 and Jack 2. Like, I'd say maybe the closest they'll get to that is what they did with Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 2, um, though those games are far more similar in tone to what Jack 1 and Jack 2 are. Like, Jack 2 goes for a darker tone, though with comedic elements, obviously still having Daxter with you throughout that game, but... Oh, sorry, I know I'm rambling, but I, I Jack 2 is just, it's one of my favorite games of all time and one of my favorite titles on the PS2 easily. It, it, it's it like, I spent so many hours playing it, collected so many of those fucking precursor orbs. It's such a, such a, a, a important part of my childhood. I, I, I love Jack 2 and playing it again has been fucking fantastic. Have, have you had any experience with Jack 2? at all aaron just stop people from having to listen to my voice <laughs> <laughs> mate it's great that you're passionate about this game it's it sounds like it really hits home for you it's it's one of your favorites and i don't want to stop you i think that's amazing to that you get all this uh enjoyment out of something that is dated now 2003 by the looks of it it yeah, came out i was finishing high school then mm. um 
It no. Um. Uh, when I was at that time, two thousand and three, I was a Nintendo sixty four gamer, and then Microsoft bought Rareware mm-hmm. and brought out the Xbox console, and I decided I'm going to go Xbox as my next console. Yeah. So that was during that time. So I never got a chance to play it because it was PlayStation exclusive and still is, of course. Mm. Um. It sounds like an incredible game with what you've been describing. Um. I've already starting to get some kind of retro. Uh, vibes from it, which I really like about these old school platformers. Mm. Um, my question to you is, why did they change it up? Because I'm looking at it now, right? The the And what I mean by change it up, I mean with the title situation. Because first one's Jack and Daxter, second one's Jack th- 2, then Jack 3, then Daxter, then uh, okay. Jack and Daxter Lost Frontier. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so what's can, going on there? You can pretty much... I think the only ones that were actually made by Naughty Dog were Jack 1, 2, and 3. Um, right. And okay. the, the reason why they changed from Jack and Daxter to Jack 2, I think that was just to sort of to... It's emblematic of the massive change they made in the tone and style of the game as well too. Like, oh, okay. Like you, you have a spin attack, a punch attack... Uh, and, and whatnot in in Jack and Daxter, whereas in Jack Two you have that, but you also have fucking guns that you're using as well too. You have like this right. this uh, it's like I can't remember what they call it. it's like the mod gun or something like that, and basically it's a gun that can morph into four different kinds of guns that you unlock the different mods over time, which is oh, so fucking cool. There's like even like a cool little. There's even a cool little animation when you swap between the guns, like the guns will sort of the gun will sort of rotate a bit in your hands to change to the different style. Is that it like using. control? So, like, with the service weapon in control? Yeah, yeah, very similar to that in control, 100%. Yep. Yeah, the, the gun just sort of morphs. It's it's very, very cool. Yep. Um, there, there was some stuff I didn't mention with Jack and Daxter where it was f- really frustrating. Like, for some reason, the, uh, the horizontal uh, camera controls were flipped. So I had to <laughs> press right in order to look left, which never happens in modern games now. and completely broke my brain. Yet yeah. when you would look through, there were certain moments where you'd have to look through binoculars and it goes to a first person view. When you do that, it flips the horizontal controls. So they're normally looking left and right. So you're swapping back. <laughs> but then oh. the vertical controls are flipped. So they're down to go up and up to go down. So they don't know what they're doing with camera controls. And it's very emblematic of, of, of 3D games at that time. They were still working all that shit out. Yeah, Fortunately, in was. Jack 2, you are able to change it so you can make the camera look left or right. Uh, you can flip between it by, I think, holding L1 and pressing uh, R3, which is pressing the right analog stick in. So something you'd never think to do. Really, it's so fucking... I did it by accident once and I didn't even know how I did it. So I had to like Google how the fuck I changed the camera controls back. It's like, I swear, I know I was looking, pressing right and looking right and pressing left and looking left before, but fuck. So So just for your listeners as well, how are you playing these games? Because you're talking... These are definitely PlayStation 2 games. I don't think you're pulling out your PlayStation 2, are you? So just just like with Jack and Daxter, it's a PS4 port that I'm playing on the PlayStation 5. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the port for Jack 2 is far better. The frame rate seems to be a lot better. There is still moments where the, the explosions and stuff happen where the frame rate will dip, which I remember that happening in the original as well too. But fuck, as I said before, just like with Jack and Daxter, I'm playing this on a PlayStation 5. You should be able to have it so there's a smooth, smooth fucking frame rate. Like the entire game's three gigabytes for fuck's sake. Jack and Daxter was less than a gig. It's like 800 megabytes and they can't keep the frame right. Anyway... 
yeah, it's it's Jack Two's been an absolute fucking uh, pleasure to play again. It's a lot more difficult, and I'm kind of stressed about whether or not I'm actually going to go through with going for the platinum for this one because. If I'm to get every precursor orb, there's going to be some, like, you've got to do these gun courses, which you, they're really hard to achieve gold in that, and you have to do that to get all the precursor orbs, uh, not to mention, like, the hoverboard courses and stuff like that. Ah, oh, there's, there's, yeah, there's so much, so much stuff that I'm, that would stress me out. There is an exploit, there is a glitch that I could use where, basically, there are these certain signs throughout the city where when you press triangle on them, they will show you a precursor orb somewhere in the city. And you basically just have to track that down within the time limit. And basically the glitch is if you go to, if you find the orb, you can jump above it and then pause it, restart the mission. Then apparently you will fall. It will grab the precursor orbs, uh. but it won't auto save like it normally would uh, if you just grab the precursor orbs normally. But I've already tried that a couple of times and I cannot get the timing right. It's fucking uh. hard to do. So I'm kind of tossing up between whether or not I even want to attempt to do the exploit and do it that way. Or if I, if can, can I even live with myself if I do that? Should I just be doing it the legit way and pulling my hair out to, to get it done? I don't know. What what do you think, Aaron? Should I should I do it legit or like do you think I'll feel I'll never be able to sleep a, a solid night again if I <laughs> get the platinum I, and I do it by cheating? No, I I honestly think you should do it legit. <laughs> I mean, I know that cheating is the easiest way out of it, and you're like, yeah, that's all done and everything, but you know in the back of your mind that you didn't get that <laughs> the way that the game developers wanted you to get that. Ugh. You did it your own way, and you know it. You end up going back to it at some point, going, all right, I I'm 99% complete on this game, so I need to yeah. I need to finish it up. Just um, quick one for you then, and maybe we'll throw this out to your uh, listeners as well. Then mm. um, we're talking retro here. Uh, I'm Xbox and your PlayStation when it comes to retro. Mm. I really, really want a revival of the Banjo-Kazooie series. Like, mm. Ma- Microsoft did try in 2008, uh, 2005, I think, or 8. That no, was 8. It was just terrible. Yeah. That was just... I uh, don't even want to talk about Nuts and Bolts. Terrible game. But they still own it. They know that uh, there's a big demand for it with Smash Brothers and everything that happened there and now going on to the uh, Nintendo Switch mm. online service. I want that as an Xbox fan. As a PlayStation fan... If you were to look back at their catalogue, what kind of revival would you want for something that hasn't been revived yet? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Would Man, it be now, Jack I and Daxter? You, or? You, you hit the nail on the head before when you were saying like they, these could really use the treatment because I'd love to see some remakes of the Jack games. If you you gave me... Look, Jack and Daxter, even though it's my least favourite in the series, I would play the fuck out of a remake of that. Jack 2, Jack 3 take my money so i so i'd love to see uh, like you know a la crash bandicoot trilogy what they did uh, on ps4 oh, yeah. that was fantastic i'd love to see them do the same treatment for the jack and daxter trilogy i know there's a, a lot more there a lot more gain there so it'd be a, a fair bit more work there um but even if it was yeah just jack 2 or just jack 3 or whatever a, any of them absolutely take my money and and yeah aaron you're right now so if you're listening to this on spotify uh we can put questions in the uh sort of the notes of the podcast episode 
And for our listeners, what kind of remakes of older games would you like to see? What is it that you'd hope that Sony or Microsoft, now that they own fucking every IP in the world, what would you like to see be remade for 2022? <laughs> I'm really good question. curious to know. Yeah, good question. Last thing I'm going to ask you too, though, is uh, when I was an Xbox uh, gamer back then, um, there was one game on PlayStation that was exclusive that I just laughed at. And I'm like, I really want to know if it's good, though. And I really want to see it come back. I don't know if you're going to remember this one, but it's called Parappa the Rapper. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Parappa? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Tell me about I Parappa. remember Parappa. This is God. This is going back now. The local RSL had Parappa the Rapper in the little sort of kids' room, <laughs> like over in the corner. And I remember playing Parappa the Rapper on the the PlayStation One they had there when I was like eight. <laughs> that game, and and apparently this is confirmed because they they did do like a port or a remaster that was released sometime. Really, in the last they did? Five years. No way. Yeah, yeah. There's been a. I don't know if it was a remaster, but that you can play a version of it on PlayStation no Four. No way. Ninety nine percent sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, and and this is what I thought at the time as well too, it is so hard to keep the kind of rhythm that they do. Like, it's not on the beat uh, when you're doing it. And for people who don't know, Parappa the Rapper is like one of the very early uh, rhythm musical games. Basically, you're just pressing buttons along to uh, the beat. Well, what's supposed to be the beat, but it never felt like it to me. And and yeah, you get a score based off of that. But yeah, that was such an interesting game. Like, everything was like... Everything was in a 3D environment, but they were all 2D, like they were paper thin. So it had this really weird looking art. It was such a it was such a game that stood out for PlayStation back then. Like, uh, you know, being an Xbox fan, I didn't really (laughs) take too much notice of what was on PlayStation. But that one, I was like, what is Parappa the Rapper? Like, what is that game? What what is it all about? How come? You know, it it hasn't seen the light of day. I'm looking at it now, actually. It yeah, so it was originally released in 2002 here in Australia, but in 1996 in Japan. So there was a good amount of time there for localization and moving that over. By the sounds of it, uh, it went to PlayStation Portable yeah. in uh, 2007, and then it got remastered on the PlayStation 4 in 2017, which I think is what you're referring to there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and did I say sometime in the last five years? It's five years, years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rapper the rapper. Yeah. I want to hear in the comments. Oh, I want God. to hear in the comments if anyone wants Parappa back. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so good. Oh, far out, bloody um. J- just finally on on Jack too. I just mentioned any look. If it, it is a better port, the frame rate slightly better than uh, Jack and Daxter for anyone out there who. Uh, love Jack 2 growing up. It is it is great to go back and play it again. There's a lot of aspects of, of Jack 2 has definitely held up. It's been an absolute pleasure to play through. The hoverboard that you can pull out at any moment to get around the area that can like do tricks and stuff at any time. It, it was such a cool idea. Put hoverboards <laughs> in every fucking game. Like, uh, it's... Jack 2 is absolutely fantastic. If you are a modern gamer, uh, I I'd probably wouldn't wouldn't look at this look at this one, but if you like Naughty Dog and you're interested in part of their history, uh, the Jack and Daxter games are great and they're some of the greatest games from the PS2 generation. You you can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, that's all I have left to say on Jack 2 and I think that is all that we have left for the first episode for news to reviews for 2022. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, holy sh! That was such a fucking massive episode. It was so good to get to catch up and talk about like everything we've been playing over the the podcast break and 
God, that just craziest news story ever. The biggest news story we're probably ever going to get. Don't bother listening to another episode after this because we won't get <laughs> news big enough. $70 billion just doesn't, it doesn't hit home for us oh, because dear. we're never going to see $70 billion in our entire life. We have no idea how much money that really <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> just... <sighs> <laughs> you cannot fathom it at all, and um, yeah, I I, I want to know. I'll 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 pop it in uh, for the Spotify poll if you're listening to us on Spotify. Uh, do you think it's a good thing, uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision? Do you think it would be a good thing for the gaming industry? Let us know, yes or no, down there in the poll. Aaron, oh god, yeah, this is normally for Lockie here. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners this week? I've said it before, guys. I'm going to say it again. Screw the console wars. It doesn't matter. It's just uh, the console wars is a placebo. Anything you want that makes you happy. That's all that matters in today's gaming. Don't think you have to race out there and buy a PlayStation 5 because... You know, you have to play Horizon or buy an Xbox because you have to play Halo. If you enjoy playing, you know, whatever, My Little Pony, and that makes you happy, kudos. Stay out of the console wars. It's all just a load of shit. Enjoy gaming and have fun doing it. That's what matters. Fuck yeah. If you like just sitting on the toilet and playing The Simpsons tapped out, hell yeah. You're still a gamer. You're still, (laughs) if you're enjoying your time and you're playing a game, you're a gamer and you should. It's all about having fun. Yeah. Bloody oath. And as I mentioned before, I've been posting a lot more on social media. I've been posting nearly every single day at the moment. If you want to check out what we have to say on these socials, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is probably the best place to keep track of everything we're doing. And our Twitter handle is at News to Reviews. And that's with a number two instead of the word two. Oh, guys, get prepared for a very big february and just like a crazy couple of months to start the year off on the show i'm very much excited to get into it and for everyone out there for everyone listening please take care of yourselves and take care of one another